on episode 64 of Pixel Gaiden. We discuss six good Wonderswan games. What would you do with a $10,000 game? The new Intellivision goes physical. Do you even Pytrex, bro? We give our take on the Steam Deck. Eric buys a new toy from China. Do coffee and beer even mix? There's a new video game about a tomato. And a C64 game that looks muddy. Hot August nights, Eric. Hot August nights. It is hot. Woohoo! Woohoo! It is hot. Feeling good. Feeling moist. <laughs> I was about to say that and I chose to use different words. Moist. I was choosing I... to do different words. Eric, do you know where you are? I am in Studio Cody, getting ready to record. I thought you might be in the number one place for retro video game and retro-inspired video game talk and fun. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you guys are new to the show, my name is Cody, and this is Eric Nelson over here to my front, left, right. (laughs) To your front left. To my front. Um, And we like to talk retro video games. We are ready. We are ready. It's a packed show. uh, Yeah, yeah. It's a little light, and we'll tell you why here in just a quick second. Coming up uh, on this show, uh, we are going to be doing, as we always do, with the news. Yeah. Not always news to everybody, but news to us. Um, normally, we would do a tea time with Tim, but Tim was not able to finish his um, his tea time with Tim this month, so he we will join him next week, yeah. in two weeks, the next episode. But do you know why he didn't do that? I do, but you can tell the, the fellow listeners. He made this awesome video about the Sam Coupe, or Coupe, as they say, over there. And uh, the video came out really, really well, so people should check that out. But he spent a lot of time really working on that, so... Yeah, check that out check on that our out. Pixel Gaiden YouTube page. Uh, I did not finish my video, so it's perfect, because we're going to have one up from Tim this month, and the next month will be mine on the Vectrix, yes. modern Vectrix games. Which will be awesome. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. However... Eric's take will be happening here on this episode, right, Eric? On this episode, right? Yeah. This and, episode. Uh, I am co- I am uh, covering the often difficult to spell, <laughs> as Cody shows in the in the notes here, and I've done the same thing. I am covering the, I'm going to say, make sure I do this right, Anbernick RG351M. Oh, yeah, that. Which is a handheld retro gaming device, hence the RG, RG351. Oh, oh retro game. Okay. That's and, the three, uh, the five, and the one stand for. I have no idea. I have no idea. It is uh, 351 megs of awesome. (laughs) I don't know. But I'm very impressed with this. Spoiler alert. So it's going to be a pretty glowing review. I did a lot of research because I wanted to get a new handheld retro gaming system because all my kids' sports stuff is ramping up. And when they go to practice, I want to sit there and play retro games. And I want to do it on the best system I can. And this was the one. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. Cody's Corner will be next uh, episode as well, but if you want to know up ahead, ahead of time, 
I'm going to reminisce about a dungeon crawler that I didn't even know I was playing a dungeon crawler oh. back in the day on the Macintosh. Don't tell, uh, what is it? Boat, not Aaron. Boat does not <laughs> like does the not dungeon care. crawlers. Yeah, when I was a wee, when I was a wee lad. Um, however, um, we'd like to jump right in to some quick questions. Quick questions! So the first uh, quick question we have here is the community question that I uh, put out on our Discord server. We'll give you more information about how you can join the Discord server just a little bit here. Um, but my question was a simple one. We've, we've talked about the show before, Eric, but I want a community to partake. Yes, and we got a decent response on this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, the question was, are there any ports that you think are better than their arcade original. Like Does that home, make sense? I put that well? You did. Home ports, yeah. Yeah. On a home machine or a home system. Yeah. So, um, first of all, uh, Pajaco6502 in the Discord uh, says he's going to go with monsters on the BBC Micro. I, and, you know, we went through my BBC spell, and I played a lot of games. I never played that one. No? Okay. Um, and so now this one is a clone, which he admitted up front, mm-hmm. not necessarily a port. Okay. So, you know, it is what it is. That's but, fine. Uh, apparently, Monsters is a clone of Space Panic. The version I played as a kid had a bug feature, <laughs> bug and or feature, depending on how you look at it, uh, where you could drop a monster through enough holes into a semi-dug hole to create a jar of blood. <laughs> Whoa. Dark. All right. We turned dark. <laughs> Cannot for the life of me replicate this these days, though. I must be worse at video games now. L. Curtis Boyle said... If I was to pick a Coco 1 or 2 game off this ilk, of course, Boyle, uh, Mr. Boyle loves his Coco. Yep. He was going to go with Draconian, which is a clone of Bosconian. But Draconian added a whole other element to the original gameplay where you have to rescue the ast- astronauts, making it a lot more fun than the arcade version for me. And that one I've played, and it's awesome. Yeah, he says on the Coco 3, he would likely pick Xenix as a ramped up version of a Galaxian, or Galaga for that matter. Played that one too, and it's awesome. It's really good. We covered that on the show in the past. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that was a that was a good one. Uh, Josh Malone, 48K Ram, says Defender without a doubt. I feel like he wants to complain about the Defender arcade game any chance he can get. And I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I don't disagree either. That is a hard one to to play and enjoy. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy it in the arcade. Uh, he says, I played the Atari 800 port a ton as a kid. It's a fast-paced, almost shoot 'em up with great graphics and played great on this uh, CX-40 joystick. Two years ago, I got to play the original arcade machine. and was like, whoever given something... There's a lot of words that he had to put um, pictures to, to cover up the actual words, if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, thought up these, uh, I'll just say, terrible controls. <laughs> A one-axis joystick? Seriously? And I reversed direction with a separate button? Did Williams, like, get a massive deal on one-axis joysticks that month? Ugh. Terrible. Um, I threw out Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Okay. Because we talked about that one in the past, where the arcade game is just kind of, like, bashing buttons, and it looks neat, but the NES port is as brilliant. Like, it becomes like a puzzle game, like a rhythm game, kind of. Right. I've never played... a character. I've never even seen the arcade version. Okay, I yeah. remember going to see one uh, locally as a kid at the Mineshaft in Rancho Cordova. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know they I had one. Is. I remember seeing it. There had two screens, top and bottom. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lord Soup says House of the Dead 2, one of my personal favorites, Lord Soup. Uh, it had original mode, 
which was a fun remix of the main game. Also, Sega Bass Fishing had tournament mode on DC and was totally reworked on the Wii. Um, Vader GB also said, uh, agreed with Josh Malone, said, My first game ever was Defender from Atari Soft on the Vic. I could play that game with a one-button joystick and spacebar for smart bombs. Uh, hyperspace got me killed. When I played the arcade version, my reaction as an eight-year-old was the same. I have grown to love it, but the control panel still makes me frown. Uh, and then he also threw out NBA Jam for me, as I always enjoyed playing it whilst having a pint in the pub, but being able to enjoy the game on the couch was a winner. No time limits, Eric. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> no standing, no uncomfortable seats, no feeding at coins, and being able to appreciate the game for what it was. I think it's a cop-out. Really? The game itself is almost identical. Okay, fair He enough. enjoys playing it at home better than the bar. I get that. Right. I disagree, Vader GB, but hey. Um, You're going to hate mine, then. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also threw up Bionic Commando, and uh, Josh Malone agreed with that one as well, because um, it's a great NES game, and it's much more difficult than the arcade. And I've never played that in the arcade, but I do love the NES version, so... Uh, and last but not least, uh, our buddy Amigo Aaron says, I don't know if anyone's mentioned it, but Space Invaders on the Atari 2600 is way better than Space Invaders in the arcade. What makes it better is all the game variations. One thing to the 2600 had over almost every other console before or since is like each game had 30 game variations. Invisible Invaders, Faster Invaders, Shields, No Shields, Moving Shields, One Player, Two Player, etc., etc., I put in an honorable mention for Asteroids on the uh, 7800, which has the variations, as I mentioned before, but it's also really fun and allows different modes of play than the arcade. Yeah. And that's true of like any 2600 game, because they always have the little select The little switch. game select switch, and you could just cycle through a bunch of them. I remember like playing combat on that with a friend. Like, oh, yeah. All these different combat games. I don't know if I want airplanes or jets or the one big plane versus three jets. or Yep. Yep. So there's a lot of thoughts there. There is. What is yours, Eric? Because it sounds like... <laughs> it's going to be your co- controversial according to your rules. Um, All right. So, uh, you know, I've told the story that uh, at the at Denio's Roseville Auction and, and Flea Market, yep. there was a version of Asteroids. And I used to play it all the time because it had a malfunctioning coin box. So if you punched it, it would start a new game. <laughs> and um, so w- I would spend all my time in there playing Asteroids. And I loved it. Great version, right? When I f- got it on the Commodore 64, many, many years later um i loved that i could use a joystick like because you know the asteroids just has buttons yeah rotate left rotate right fire and thrust um i liked that there was up for thrust and you moved left and right and then you use the fire button that was the controls on the commerce 64 and then every version after that on any system that you get to use a joystick i just feel more at home and i enjoy it more on a joystick at home. I feel like that's like the Defender argument, which is fine. Okay, I didn't. I thought that because because technically the vector graphics on the home on the on the arcade one, it's it's miles above. I mean, you love. I love that. That's super cool. Game. Yeah, and the sound on Asteroids was great. But I do. Now, my issue with the NBA Jam one was that just that it, he didn't say anything different about the game itself. He just liked being at home sitting on a couch. <laughs> There's something to be said about sitting at home with a beer <laughs> instead of uh, instead of being near people. Exactly. Us nerds want to sit at home by our lonesome. No. <laughs> so what's yours? Um, we, I, I mean, so the one that made the biggest shock to me was, again, I went the other way around as well mm-hmm. and played on the NES, Double Dragon. I love Double Dragon on the NES. Yeah. When I actually played the arcade, I couldn't hit anybody for for crap. 
I get beat up constantly. It looked weird. It felt weird. And maybe I was just used to the NES version, but I I couldn't handle it. Like I could not handle it. That's a n- I don't know anybody who's played Double Dragon in the arcade. Like that was a that was an NES game. I'm sure there are, obviously. Right. I I honestly don't think I've ever played it in the arcade. I've only played it. It was on, difficult. On Nintendo. Yeah. It was difficult to to stomach, Eric. <laughs> All right. That quick question is over. So let's take a quick break for our new sponsor, Eric. Yes. Oh, da, 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 da. We should, we should, should announce we... this because we're very excited about it. Hey. Yeah. Oh, you cut that I off. I cut it off. We have <laughs> oh, work wow. to do. We we're have on work the to clock. Do. So this is exciting news for our show because this is our first official sponsor. And what's nice about it is some other podcasts, I've, I've heard like they have random ads in there like, hey, it's from Molina Dental or, or you know what I mean? It's like you, they Molina place... Dental, if you want to reach out, feel free. Exactly. We'll, we'll put you we in there. We love having healthy white teeth. <laughs> exactly. But this one comes because it is a, it is a vendor that we, I've used a yeah. couple of times. And even it, on last episode, you talked about it. Yep. Love their products. And they're here in North America, which is really cool. I mean, so it's fast shipping for everybody here um, instead of going overseas. Um, it, 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 it's a win all around. But the, ad, the, the sponsor is <laughs> Retro Rewind. Dot CA. Dot CA. I'm going to put the dot CA in there because, yeah. you know. Well, the company is Retro Rewind. Uh, Frank reached out to us and was very kind. He said he listened to our show, said he likes to listen to the show while he's working on stuff. And I thought that was really cool. And we like to give him things to work on, right, Eric? <laughs> yes, we do. In fact, I uh, recently sent him, and this was before they became a sponsor. So I don't want anyone to think I'm, you know, <laughs> that this is, this is a biased opinion. I sent this beforehand. Um, I sent in my beloved Amiga CD32, the one that Tim gave me, for Recap, which he does now. He was selling Recap kits, which he still does. Uh, for all the Commodore systems, pretty much. I think he, it's everything. It's uh, Commodore 64, 128, Amiga. 16 plus 4, Amigas. Yep. CD32s. So he's got it all. And Even the SX64, I believe. I don't know if it specifically lays it out in there, but that board's in there, right? Well, one thing that he does is, I'm even if it's not listed as a ga- as a system that he would recap, he does charge an hourly rate to just diagnose and fix systems, too. So it... it I assume that even if it wasn't a system, like, I don't know if, it, if, if he does the SX-64, the, the recapping, but if he doesn't, I'm sure he would. But anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> commit him to stuff he doesn't do. But anyway, <laughs> I if said, you had, if you need work done on your 1973 exactly. Chevy Nova. Yeah. Send, he, he's going to do it. <laughs> um, but so I sent mine to him, which by the way, our shipping sucks. It took like almost two weeks to get to him about a week and a half. Um, but when it gets when it got then that was my fault but when it got there he 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 was sending me emails with pictures as he was doing it showed me like the swollen caps on there that i that that Ugh. that were ready to blow um he did it in less than a day he'd finished the work and, and i think you told me that included shipping back as well exactly and That's then he amazing. shipped it back the same day um which is amazing and then for some reason magic canadians it was back to me in like three or four days. That is awesome. So like if you want to get days, your yeah. Commodore products, yes, it's all recapped. He will do it. If you want to buy the cap kits directly, go to uh, retrorewind.ca forward slash pixel guide in. Yes, do that. Go to that site. 
And you can also pop in a code on checkout. It's going to be PG10. That will get you 10% off anything you purchased at RetroRewind.ca. 10% off. I could have done that, but it was before. It was like the chicken for the egg. Yeah! Wow, Eric, we crushed that advertisement. That was our very first advertisement, and we crushed it. But please, listeners, go there and do that, because the more that uh, you you buy through our little referral thing, the better we're going to look. And the more you save. And the more you save. The more you spend, the more you save. Exactly. Eric, we have another quick question here. Awesome. That one is going to be mine. It's a quick one, as as they are. Is it a question? Quick questions. Wow. You find a game at a garage sale worth $10,000. As you do. Do you sell it now or hold on to see if the price rises? Let's answer that first. And then I have a second part. I have a little second part. So to me, this all depends on the game. Okay. So I'm, I'm... as people on the show might have known here, mm-hmm. I don't like to keep things that are worth a ton of money unless it's something I really do love. Yeah. So a game that is same the same as any other game on here with a different label on it. Yeah. I don't need it. So you wouldn't hold on to it because you're betting that the value would go up. I would purely up. hold on to it if I felt like the value was going to go up. You would. So I there would. are things here that you're holding on to because you think they're going to rise in value. Uh, there, yes, there are some. Okay. There okay. are some. Um, however... Yeah. If, if I see the game, let's say it's a, a PlayStation 1 game or something, yeah, um, I know that like all these games are showing up on modern systems, and as soon as they do, the value of that thing's going to drop. Absolutely. I'll sell it now. Now, yeah. Eric. Okay. So, if you've, okay. so your answer would be it just depends on the game. See, I think for me, if I, found, if I was lucky enough to find something, because this got me thinking when I saw that thing at Goodwill. That, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the Atari cartridge with yeah, the big exactly. green handle on it. Yep, so if I found one for $10,000, I think because of my luck, <laughs> the bubble would burst like a week later, and that I would be, be your out fault. the money. So I'm, I think I would just cash in. Right. I think I would just cash in. And then the second part of my question was, what about if it was worth $100,000? Would that change your mind? Would you want that money now, or would you... Wait and see if it rose in value. Again, at this point in my life, I'm I'm blessed enough yeah. to be comfortable, and I, you know, there's some really good things. If now I'll put this in different context, mm-hmm. you could sit there and wait for that to go up. Yeah. Or let's say you have a mortgage. Yeah. And you take that hundred thousand dollars and put it on your house down right now. Yeah. Uh, depending on what your mortgage looks like, that hundred thousand dollars just saved you eighty thousand dollars. Absolutely. And now, really, you just turned that one hundred into one hundred eighty thousand dollars yep. because of all the in, in, the um, interest you don't have to pay. Yep. See, look at it. Like, look at these minds. Look at this big brain over here. Yeah. So I would encourage everyone out there who has you know ten thousand to one hundred thousand dollar games they just find at a goodwill for five dollars. Yeah. To put it down on their house, Eric. Put it down on your house, but save a little out. Say, take like about a thousand dollars out and go spend it at Retro Rewind at RetroRewind.ca. <laughs> exactly. Using Pixel Guide in code PG10 to save ten percent or more. Actually, just <laughs> exactly ten percent. Exactly. Um, I think I would sell, sell. Like I, I really, <laughs> I think I don't know when that bubble's going to burst, if, if ever. But I think because I'm not much of a collector, I guess this kind of also is questioning like your personality. Well, we, you and I both collect hardware. We collect hardware. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I don't collect games for many systems. A couple systems here and there like the the 7800 but I, I would sell gotcha i would sell or even better yeah honestly what i'd probably do if that happened right now mm-hmm. i'd probably sell for 10 grand yeah i'd probably go out and buy a neo geo i'd yes. go out and buy i'd turn that into like finding a bunch of stuff i want that's that, that's exactly that's what, I what i would do. do yep i'd sell it and buy stuff i'd actually play and not sit in a saran wrap boxed up uh, 
saran wrap, uh, you know, shrink wrapped box up on the shelf. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, now that we're all caught up, Eric, I want to tell everybody real quick, uh, if they didn't know, that we are part of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. Yeah. Uh, which includes a number of other shows. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of Amigos, everything Amiga, uh, they recently did an episode um, on Gremlins 2. Yep. As well as one on Turrican 2. I'm surprised they hadn't done that one before. That's a big one. Yeah, that is a big one. And it was a good show, too. Uh, we've got The Brent and uh, our buddy Amigo Aaron over there at ARG Presents, where they talk about all kinds of cool stuff. This yeah. one's near and dear to my heart. They did some um, some extra nerdy sci-fi... I don't, I don't even know how this relates. But the, the subject was tie-ins, like uh, tie-ins. TV show tie-ins. TV show tie-ins. It might, it might as well just been like sci-fi tie-ins. And they excluded cartoons, because they had done it before. So they, they said, hey, we want a TV tie-in show. Well, I want to hear... I haven't heard this one yet. I want to hear okay. it, because they talk about Star Trek The Next Generation on the NES, yep. which, meh, okay. Brent's, Not- Brent made it sound really good, and, mm-hmm. and so I want to... I, I think I'll... I've never tried it, but I think I'm going to try to give it a spin. But then they talked about something near and dear to my heart. Twilight yeah. Zone, the pinball machine which they they i don't know much about pinball you that do. is one of the holy grail pinball machines that's what they were saying was that it's it's usually ranked number one in lists of the best pinball games but also the most expensive game uh it's up there yeah. it's up there um so my buddy who i we did the pinball um league at yeah his house a, a couple times a month yeah he has a twilight zone that, he, that was his first machine that because his dad and him loved twilight zone yeah Adam, if you're out there, what's going up? Um, it is an awesome, yeah, it's an absolutely awesome game. Anyways, I'll just stop there. Yeah. Sprite Castle with Rob Flack O'Hara talks about Rocket Ball on episode 63. Yes. Rocket Ball, when I was a kid, I played Rocket Ball all the time. And I haven't he- heard this episode yet. It's queued up in my playlist. Our Sinclair, where they talk about the ZX Spectrum, mm-hmm. made by Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, episode 73 came out with Exelon. Yep. I don't know if you know this, but I came out with a YouTube video way, way back before Pixel Gaiden, where I compared Exelon on the Commodore 64 and Exelon on the ZX Spectrum. Oh, that's cool. And guess what? Who won? Go back and find out. Oh, no. No, no, no. no. It's too... The Spectrum's better? The Spectrum one's better, I think. That's cool. The Spectrum cool. one is better. Yep. Uh, the Coco Show, talking all about the Trash 80 Coco line of computers. Yep. Uh, episode 22, Tandy Color Baseball. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how a sports game that old would be fun, but I guess I'll go listen and see if it is. I heard this one, and it did sound interesting. Everything sounds interesting to you. It does. I bet our show blows your mind. <laughs> it does. It does. And last but not least, on 1200XL, the Atari podcast, Yeah. Um, they cover Moon Patrol. Yeah, this episode was garbage. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it, it was good. <laughs> uh, I was um, not expecting that. Um, no, it, but yeah, it was about Moon Patrol, which is one of my favorite games. I love Moon Patrol. I mean, from that era. So, Eric, let's go ahead and let everybody know how they can get a hold of us. So, if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at the project, D-U-H project. You can reach the show at at pixel underscore Gaiden. You can reach Cody at at oddball, which is O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim at sanction, at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback we also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. 
You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. So now let's head on down to the old racetrack. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pixel Guide N 400. And now in reverse order from qualifying, let me introduce to you the drivers. Qualifying number 20th, the alternative Henrik Lofel. In position 19, the magnificent Dustin Newell. In 18th, the incendiary Matthew Ackerman. Coming in at number 17, the perturbed Daniel James. And in the 16th position, the viscous Josh Malone. Coming in at the 15th position is the lucrative Eric Sandgren. Ranking number 14th, the impregnable David Vincent. Starting 13th in line, the torrid 10-minute Mega Retrocast. Coming in at number 12, the hysterical Roy Fielding. And finishing out the bottom 10, the flummoxed Mr. Toast. Our top 10 today is brought to you by... Doritos. And as always, we'd like to say thank you to our sponsors. Coming in at number 10, the vapid Maciej Sosnowski. Number 9, the engaging Paradroid. Locking in that 8th spot is the delectable Ramoke Ramoke. Stealing number 7, the curmudgeonly Ant Stiller. And finally, number 6, the loose Mitsuyama. Today's top 5 is brought to you by Cracker Barrel. Starting with the Hazardly Hermskin 5th, in 4th, the Cherry Citizen. Coming in at 3rd, the Undulating Gary Heather. Just missing pull in the 2nd spot is the Sweltering Brian Astronaut. And our pole position winner, the Patriarchal Paul Jacobson. Wow. Air, okay, thank you. Thank well, you. Well, well, I don't know. I hit air horn. We're leaving it. That's, that's a keeper in this show. Yes. So thank you to all the Patreon people. I There's no good way to say that. Patrons, Patreons, Patreons patron people. Pa- the page, our patrons. Our patrons. Which we always uh, really value. We do value. Yep. And uh, I have been tossing around the idea. I haven't even talked to you about this yet. Ooh, but live on air. Let me shoot it down. I w- exactly. <laughs> I want to try to start getting our patrons more involved like I used to when I was doing the interviews. Okay. So yeah. what I want to do is kind of like come out with a subject, like let's say Super Nintendo or a sp- particular game. And then I want to just kind of have a, a pixel guide and round table of like people who sign up, two or three people, and I'll give them basic notes that of what I'm, we're going to talk about. And then we'll spend 30 minutes talking about it, like on uh, whatever, you know, and record it. And then we'll just put it on as my segment. Then you edit out all the awkward pauses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Um, Know what else is delicious? What's that? (laughs) Beer. Yes, beer. It's about time. How far are we in the show? Not far enough. Exactly. Um, It's time for beer. Yeah, let's do Uh, this. We like to drink the beer on the show to keep our minds fresh. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't know if that's the reason, but okay. (laughs) Uh, and uh, we do a quick review, so let's keep it quick. But Eric, <clears throat> yes, if you remember, last time we recorded two episodes in one night, like we are doing tonight, yes, which is like a six-hour endeavor, yes. and puts you home at like one a.m. Correct. You you were having a hard time staying. What's the word? 
coherent? Yes. Uh, awake. <laughs> awake. I'm the guy that wakes up at five in the morning every day. And I told you I'd take care of that next time. So yeah. here's our first beer. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Read that bad boy. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Beer with coffee and natural <laughs> coffee flavors. Alcohol percent, 4%. By volume. Um, now these, you have to pour and dash quick, remember. Oh, okay, that's right. I'm going to do that. Nitro. So this is literally beer, which is a, which is a, a downer. And like Nitro Cold Brew Coffee, which is... Like, Starbucks won't even sell it to you in the large sizes because it's too much. So I have no idea what we're about to encounter here, Eric. Yeah, because every, you know, it's little. if you get a porter or a stout that's coffee, they're usually pretty good. No, this is straight up like coffee. This is just looks straight up like coffee. With with espresso in the beer. So cheers, my friend. <laughs> cheers. This will keep me awake. This should do it. It smells this, like it'll do it. My goodness. So let's talk about the smell. Mm-hmm, straight mm-hmm. up coffee. I mean, a straight up espresso. I don't even have to put my nose near it. Like, the whole room right now smells like a Starbucks. Which is awesome. I, I love I, I do love agree. The, I love coffee. All right, here we go. Go for Thank it. You. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I know you did this for me. I did it for you. Wow. So the, it definitely is a nitro. It's gorgeous. So I'm looking at the cup. Yeah. And at the top, it's got that thick, white, frothy layer, but they're really tight bubbles. You know, that like it looks both like a Guinness and like a cup of coffee. Right. Um, then there's this kind of tan layer that uh, bubbles yep. that gr- is a gradient until it gets dark coffee brown at the bottom. Yep. Like that's where the grounds are. <laughs> uh, it is It is a very pretty drink. I'll say that right now. Yeah, this is one of those ones that's very going smooth. to... Um, it, it is very smooth. I will tell you my history with nitros, not very good. Most nitros I try, I do not like nitros. Really? Yeah. Bubbles are just too small for you? Or? Well, the bubbles are small, but then they, they always taste so flat. Like, the hmm. beer the beer tastes flat. Okay. I've had a couple that are okay, but... So this could fall into that realm of good beverage, bad beer? For, I'm, not, I'm not asking <clears throat> you to say anything about this one. I'm just saying from that... For me right now, the flavor is great on this. Okay. It actually tastes like coffee. There's very little beer flavor, so... It might, this so far, it tastes like a good beverage. I don't know if it tastes like a good beer. We'll have to rate it as a beer. Yeah. I feel like we might need to give this one some time. I think you're right. Maybe we'll get the start and then. Did we cheers? Uh, No, we didn't. Cheers, Eric. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I am am enjoying it. I am enjoying it, too. The flavor is good. Um, real quick, before we jump into the news, I wanted to touch on some errata and feedback. <clears throat> oh, no. First of all, when I was talking about the Vetrix, okay. I said it was made by a company called CGE. And it's actually? GCE. GCE. Okay, fair enough. Who Did you put that I on? caught that myself. Yeah, it just drove me nuts. I think I even corrected it in the segment, but... Self-correction. Self-correction. Okay. All right. Right. Hadouken. <clears throat> I don't know why. I just felt appropriate there. Yeah. Uh, Retro Gamer Nation wrote in... He said he enjoyed the 8-Bit Boxing Game segment, even though you guys didn't fully appreciate Barry Mc- Betty McQuiggan Boxing, <laughs> which happens to be one of my top C64 games from the 80s. Wow. And one that I go back to every couple of years. He must know how to actually play it then. See, I thought I gave that one actually pretty good You did. I, I, you did. I actually rather enjoyed the little kind of RPG elements of it. Nostalgia is a son of a gun. Yeah. Um, I haven't played the ZX Spectrum version that you tried out, okay. but on the C64, it's definitely not a button masher game, as it does require timing of punches and blocks to succeed. Hmm. 
Uh, also, he said, Cody, I quite enjoyed episode 63. I think the decision for you to go back to recording one episode per night is a step in the right direction. <laughs> now, what I love about this comment, Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, as the episode felt like it had more energy to it. So, oh, even with all the recording issues, which were on me. There's there's a lot to unpack there for me, Eric. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of feel like, like I'm being attacked, because I'm the one that's always super flat on the second episode. Well, first of all, <laughs> they said recording what back going back to recording one episode uh-huh. uh, per night we didn't do that on purpose Mm-mm. and as you know today already i've already pointed out we're not doing that this time that's right so uh we're we're making up for that with coffee beer that's right um also a step in the right direction so i would love to know how many steps <laughs> away we are from being a, a good show yeah. is that um <laughs> a step in the right direction but you know with as long as we keep getting constructive feedback we can keep on stepping there in the right direction yeah. but uh we do appreciate it retro gamer nation no we do um and uh we will have more energy eric will will keep that coffee in his veins and we'll keep going that's right eric it's time for the news <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and play this here. If you hear audio in the background, that's just fine, because that's what we're watching here. But first thing I want to point out, Eric. Yeah. The Amico Television yes. released a video okay. showing physical carts coming off the line. How cool do these boxes look? They look cool. I'll, I will say that. They look very cool. Um, it's a lot of talking. So actually, it's funny, because they didn't actually... I don't, I don't think they actually showed the carts themselves. I don't even know what the carts look like yet. They're just showing the boxes. They're showing the boxes, but... The- yeah, I want to pause it right there. That's just the like the art that's on there. Um, the the color, the baby blue kind of color of the boxes. Yeah, um, it looks. I, I will say that I have no complaints about the the boxes. I figured they were going to go in a very modern, like keep the classic um, uh, game design. Uh, what's the word? Like theory? I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Yeah. Uh, but then everything else was going to be modern, so that it would sell. But um, these look very much like old Activision boxes to me. Actually, we have got um, Intellivision boxes there, yeah, and they look like those as well. But I even think they look more like the Activision box. Anyways, they look very, very eighties. They do look very eighties, um, with really cool hand drawn art on the front instead of you know reminiscent kind of a Atari twenty six hundred carts. Yeah, but. but- not. I mean, it's a definitely a different style. There's Evil Knievel. There's the new Missile Command. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, you guys have to check it out. Check our show notes, and you'll see it. And um, I saw the game in there, Dyna Blaster. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to all of these. Yeah. That brings me to my next topic, Eric. <laughs> um, the Intellivision Miko has been pushed back a third time or fourth time at this point. We didn't point. say good news. We just said news. <laughs> said news. It can't all be good news. And I don't even know if they said what date it's being pushed back to. Yeah, this whole this whole you know uh, chip shortage and all this stuff. Chip shortage, COVID, you know, volcanoes, hurricanes, yep. climate change, fires, wildfires, earthquakes. Did I say that already? That's a good site, a segue, Eric. Oh, do you so know why? Why? There was a, um, and this is a news item. There was mm-hmm. a, a wildfire, yeah, about an hour north of here in the Colfax area, right above Auburn, California. Right there? Right there. And Ah. just down the street from that, Mm -hmm. I just got accepted an offer to buy that house. Yay! No! (laughs) Right down the street. Yeah. From a wildfire. 
Yeah, which means that the uh, Pixel Gaiden show will continue. Of course. But we're going to have to make some concessions. We're going to have to make some changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it also means, Eric, yeah. that if we choose to do this live and you choose to come to my house to do it... yeah. Uh, the house I'm getting actually has an entire separate house. Yeah, the little uh, guest house. Which is going to be just like a large video game hobby room. Oh, That's joy. sweet. That's going to be awesome. Look <laughs> like my sound bites there. Yeah. You pieced it all together. Pieced it all together. So I'm very excited about that, but uh, yep. we'll, we'll see how, what that looks like moving forward. But yeah, every, every intention to keep the show as... Um, Good and or as bad as it is right now. <laughs> According to Retro Gamer Nation, we got some steps. <laughs> oh, burn! We got some steps to make. <laughs> anyway. We're going to take some more steps in the right direction. Ah, <laughs> uh, Tim has one. Tim? Tim. <laughs> I read Tim. Insert, insert Tim, Tim voice here. Insert, I, I'm not going to do Tim's voice. Okay, here we go. Supercars 2 AGA is now released for the Amiga. In this AGA version of Supercars 2... That is free. You get tweaked gameplay, updated graphics, and a new soundtrack. Ooper Cars 2 is Super Cars. <laughs> oh, oof, I, yeah. I read these straight from the notes. I'm Ron Burgundy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I read these straight as Tim wrote them, so he forgot the All S, right. but I'm going to put them in there. Super Cars 2 AGA edition includes nice performance, even on the basic AGA Amigas, and classic gameplay features of multiple track types, weapons, road jumps, and car bumping fun to reach the first place as with the original games by Gremlin. Free to download, but donations are appreciated. Now, I love Supercars 1. I, I love that game. I play it all the time. Supercars 2 fell a little flat to me compared to the first one. So I am eager to try this one. Because it's an AGA. It's I remember playing graphics. them both as well. And I remember I had the same opinion, although I've only played them brief, briefly compared to, to you. Yeah, I love the first one. But this one? Yeah, this one had something to do with like uh, something with the, the way the cars shot. The, uh, the weapons. Yeah, the uh, yeah made it really difficult to, to deal with. Yep. But cool. I'll see. I mean, hey. I, I love Top Down Racer, so I'm definitely going to give this a shot. I do as well. Yep. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go. I, I, I saw the notes in here about a week ago, but I haven't had time to even try it. So I'm looking forward to it. Eric, do you enjoy tactical games? I actually do. Final Fa- Fantasy Tactics. Um, Ogre, like Battle Ogre. Battle Ogre. Ta- yeah. I love those games. Do you Absolutely. enjoy Metal Slug? I do enjoy Metal Slug. Then you are going to enjoy the new Nintendo Switch game coming out, Metal Slug Tactics. What? What? I need to get some more sounds here. Which one I use yeah. for that? <laughs> um, I really need to change my board up here. Metal Slug Tactics yeah. uh, launches in 2022 on the Switch. Uh, it has already been announced for Steam as well. Okay. Um but it looks like Final Fantasy Tactics with Metal Slug characters in it. How cool. And the and the the characters really do look like they're from the video game. I mean, it's the same art style. Um, and by the video game, you mean the other video game, not this video game. Not this video game. The actual Metal Slug video game. It looks really cool. It does look cool. Um, and it's on the Switch, which is, for me, a tactic game like this. I, I would love to have it on the go, like when I'm laying in bed. Yeah. So that's probably where I'm going to want to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just uh, even the, all the animations, like the characters stand still, how many things are just moving around, like that whole in Metal Slug, the background's always doing stuff. Yeah, that's the same here. They've got it all. Yeah, the the characters are always bobbing up and yeah. down, and the and when you hit something like the tanks, they they kind of 
I don't, you don't even know how to say it. It's almost like they made flex. out of jello. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it looks awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I love I love Metal Suck, so that'll be a that'll be a purchase for me for sure. Here's another fun uh fun one. Yeah. Um recently I'm trying to remember the name of the museum here. The Strong National Mo- Museum of Play. Yeah. Has obtained a rare demo of Super Mario Brothers 3 that id software made but this is back before they did doom okay so you remember back then they had uh, a lot like captain keen and yep. um, uh i do remember that. keen what is it um and uh duke nukem yeah not, not 3d but the duke nukem and they're making like these side-on platformers okay well they decided to make a demo of super mario 3 gameplay for the pc and uh, I guess they submitted it to Nintendo, and Nintendo laughed and kicked them out the door. As they do. As they do. Which, I don't blame them, because this this looks like Super Mario, um, it, but it doesn't look like a Nintendo. No, it doesn't. I, I, I totally I like understand. like this big it. dolphin picture, whatever that is. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> so, I thought that was kind of cool. In fact, I, I don't see it now here, but there was actually some... Oh, here we go. Here's some footage of the of the demo being run. So... I guess it means people can go actually play this at the Strong National Museum of Play. Yeah. Um, this, might there be, it is. this might be my next Mario game to beat after I beat Yoshi's Island. Super Mario couple, 3? Couple, or the PC uh, demo. Not the PC demo. The, the actual software, because I never beat it. I've played it before, but I've never beat it. It's a great, yeah. Anyways, it's a great game. It's one of those games I never think to play because it's like so ingrained in me that I don't think to play it, but... Yeah. Um, well, have, it you've beaten it and you've played it oh. many times. Yeah. Yeah, as a kid, I beat it all the time. All right. Looks news cool. to me, Eric. News yeah. to me. What is going on? Oh, Mister, have you seen this from from Neil? Oh yes, I have seen this from Neil from Retro Man Cave. It's still called Retro Man Cave, right? RMC. Yep, RMC Retro Man Cave. Neil, he, and in cooperation with somebody else, I forget who it is. Oh, by Rich Rap 3D on Twitter. Right, Rich Rap so, 3D. So yep, that? I see that. Yep, he's coming out with a so. Follow me here. Uh-huh. This thing is uh, Mr. Multisystem. It is, at its core, actually a motherboard. Don't like use a, the, like don't a use word core. That th- that's already throwing me yeah, off. Yeah, it's already throwing you off. I mean, at its <laughs> basics, yeah. it is a motherboard which a Mr. plugs into and gives you all the stuff you add to a Mr., but it's like in different cards and they stack up. You know, you've seen Mr.'s where they're all stacked up three yeah. or four circuit boards deep. This lays it all out in an in an what is an ITX is that what it's called ITX like a motherboard uh, yeah mini, mini ITX, ITX form factor mini ITX form factor so you don't have to put it in the case that they have but they 3D print this very cool case that looks like an actual console so it's like a you know I mean it looks to me like a kind of like a Turbo Graphics 16 like a little bit uh, not um, Turbo Graphics. Um, PC Engine, the Japanese version. The PC Engine, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but this thing has all sorts of stuff. It's got seven... Uh, uh, can you scroll back down a little bit? Yep. It's got um, seven powered ports, like USB ports. It's got an integrated 128 meg SD RAM, integrated power switch, support for integrated, sna- or integrated snack support. Snack is like the uh, adapter that makes it so you can use real controllers. And Doritos and stuff, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, RGB Euro SCART output for SCART. So that's that to that's me cool. right there is awesome. I could plug it right into my Sony PVM because I have SCART on that. Boom. Jealous. I got that. Um, it has a TOS link for audio out. 
and onboard fan connections. So this thing is basically all the crap that you would buy for your mister, but it's all built into one nice little motherboard that you could put into a mini ITX case, or you could buy one of their um, cases that that slips in this. But to me, because I, I, online, because I'm a big Mister fan, I have mine sitting right here in front of me. Uh-huh. Um, but the one big complaint is that oh, I got to buy all the different parts for it, and and I, I it, this is just going to sit on my shelf like a like a retro gaming system, like an analog system or whatever. Um, and I'm just going to play games on on my TV with this thing. Now you can make it just look like a console. Like a video game so console. So when you when you well, and here's another thing I like about it real quick. Yeah. Is it's not going to be a Kickstarter. That's right. They're raising interest and they're going to produce it. I I applaud them for that because I am I'm getting so Kickstarter. Yeah. Yes. I am yes. I am getting Kickstarter weary right now because I have about four Kickstarters right now that ha- have been delayed. Have been Justice Beaver. Exactly. It's like eight years. It's about eight years delayed. I, I still have that yeah, one. It's gonna waiting. be such a disappointment too when you get it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a ton of other things that I've kickstarted that just aren't. They're just dead. I mean, yeah. dead in the water. And then everything's being delayed. The the next is that Spectrum next. And oh, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I already got one. You got one, but my <laughs> second batch one. Now I'm gonna wait till whenever. I wonder if it's worth ten thousand dollars yet, Eric. I don't know. I might have to sell it for ten thousand dollars. Exactly. Um, no, I do love that thing. The thing I don't quite know, and I'm hoping this is the case, mm-hmm. is will we be able to buy this whole thing just with all the boards and everything? So we just buy one item and we have the Mister, the whole everything we need with all I, the stuff. <clears throat> Boom. I, I maybe I don't know. I, I honestly don't know, but it will. There, I did read that. You may have to supply the DE10 Nano, which is the base Mr. Circuit Board. Okay. <clears throat> but who knows? I don't know. They might buy a batch of them and include it. I, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do on that. But I think it's cool. All right. I, I love to see new, new, new things I'm that gonna, I'm going to get one eventually. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I like that idea, <clears throat> but I also like what you got in front of me here, which we're going to talk about next episode. Yeah. Episode 65 of Pixel Guide. Yeah. Um. Speaking of cool new tech, Eric, this is funny because this one hit recently. Um, a lot of news sites or a lot of people started talking about this, even though it's not new. It's been out since like 2015. Yeah. Um, and I was reading about this too. But what's cool about it, I guess, because now they're just starting to produce them in this nice cartridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you check out our link, there's a site called ombretech.com, and they're already out of stock right now. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but he's making this really sweet uh, Vectrix card called the Pytrix. And I believe Pytrix is open source, but this is a nice little package here. Um, and basically what's cool about this, without getting into details, because I don't want to get fall asleep listing out gigahertz and megabytes and whatever. Yeah. Uh, basically, it is a Vectrix cartridge that goes into your sweet little vector-based Vectrix console. Mm-hmm. console. Um, and it essentially is a Raspberry Pi computer. Raspberry Pi zero. zero. Yep. Inside the cartridge. And it more or less is the now the the brains of this. It Vectrix. takes over the Vectrex, but uses the screen and sound and all that it stuff. Uses the screen, the sound, and the controller. Yeah. So <clears throat> that opens all kinds of possibilities. There's also even a, a little I/O pin card uh, thing there that for developers to use on the top of the cartridge. Yep. Um, so what does this mean? Well, it means people can go ahead and take uh, do all kinds of crazy crazy things, like run, for example, a Mame vector based game, just an actual arcade game, right? And run through this card and let your Vectrix play, you know, act the actual asteroids code or the actual 
um, Star Wars code or any vector-based thing. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, I'm sure people do crazy demos and use all the power of a Raspberry Pi, which is, you know... Infinitely more... In, almost <laughs> infinitely more powerful than a, a standard Vectrix card. C- correct. <clears throat> but you can also, if you wanted to, just use this as a as a ROM cartridge. I mean, it, you would you would still be using a Vectrex emulator running on the Pi, but you could have every game known to man on there, and it would play through your actual Vectrex. But Eric, I'd be able to feel that my Vectrex CPU is not being utilized. Would you? And it would it'd bring a tear to my eye, and it wouldn't feel right. <laughs> Very cool uh, bit of kit, Eric. That is. Whoa! I, right. I went down. Now, this is one I was going to put on here, but you already put it on here. I put so it you, on there. You you front load this bad boy. Actually, I'm going to lead you into this because Eric. Yeah. A while back, I would say a year or two ago. Yeah. I remember specifically telling you what my dream system was. Yep. I do remember. Because I remember. That. I loved being able to buy very inexpensive versions of PC games on services like Steam. Mm-hmm. But I also loved how portable and cool my Nintendo Switch was. Yes, I do. And I also enjoyed the fact that um, on on Steam... <laughs> I totally just lost my train of thought. Well, I like that Steam is curates my library. Like, I log into Steam and I can see the... 400 games that I've purchased over the year and half of them I've never even launched yet. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was getting at. Yeah. It, that and the fact that I would love a system where the hardware was designed to run Steam games so that yeah. people who put games on Steam yeah. could make sure and maybe there's a little check mark or something that this game will run on this set piece of hardware. Because yeah. that's my biggest thing about PC games is I'll download 10 things on Steam, 6 will work right away, Two of them just will not work, and the other two I have to mess with all kinds of settings if I really want to get them to work. Yeah. And so this fulfills your dream, and this is the... Are you kidding me? This is the Steam Deck, which I'm sure... The Steam Deck. Whoa. (laughs) This has been in a lot of news outlets, so I'm sure... This has been in a lot of news outlets. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) trying to talk here dang it um this has been all over the news so i'm sure a lot of our listeners have already heard about this but the steam deck is a handheld that looks a lot like the switch and um it is basically a pc in a handheld system that runs i think it's running a linux system not not just call it what it is. It's a PC running in a Nintendo Switch. Pretty much. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> now, it does have some neat things, if you'll open the link there. Oh, I did. It, oh, it, I um, did. It has some neat control mechanisms. It's got a D-pad, two analog sticks, forward-facing buttons. A, a true D-pad, by the way, a which true D-pad, I yep. always wanted on my Switch. Yep. And then it also has these two little touchpads, mm-hmm. which I know is very popular with on the Steam. Front. Like, that, that Steam controller they sold a while back had, like, little touchpads on it, I think too. the big thing for that is being able to navigate menus and stuff with, like, a mouse. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if you're playing one of those um, point-and-click adventure games that you can buy on Steam, mm-hmm. you can now just move the cursor around and play those games. So, like, Very Thimbleweed cool. Park or something like that. Um, or Gibbous, which I've been playing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Adventure. You talked about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's got like R1, R2 shoulder buttons. It's got buttons on the back. I mean, it is looks like a nice forward-facing uh, it's got, speakers. It's got buttons up the wazoo, Eric. Buttons up the wazoo. Buttons up the wazoo! Uh, all right. Um, so this is going to come in three different price. The coffee. Exactly. <laughs> we have to rate this coffee, yeah, by the way. Know. So three. So we. it comes in three different price points. So I don't know if you can pull those up. They're somewhere on there, I think. A lot, a lot more, and a ton. Well, I was actually pretty surprised about the um, the uh, the price of the, the 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 least expensive one. There it is. So the least expensive one is sixty four gigs, which you got to face it with games that's going to be eaten up pretty quick. But it has um, eMMC internal storage and a carrying case. Okay. The next jump up is 529, and that's 256 gigs. But it has NVMe SDD internal storage, which is much faster. That 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 storage is much faster than the other one. Carrying case, and then some kind did, of exclusive Steam Community Profile bundle. But did we say that the first one was 399? Did, did we say that? I feel like I didn't hear that, but just in case, yeah, three, 399 and 529 so far. Yep, and then the big dog, big Kahuna, 649, which isn't that much more than the mid tier one. So. 512 gigs NVMe RAM, uh, anti glare etched glass, anti glare etched glass. Fancy carrying case, exclusive carrying case for this one, Eric. Oh, it's exclusive. No, yeah, oh, you're no, the right. other one's the other not one's exclusive. Just, it's just a carrying case. Just a carrying case. <laughs> um, exclusive Steam community profile bundle and exclusive virtual keyboard theme. Uh, yeah, you know. But so basically, it's mostly size. So it's mainly 64, 256, 512. Even though the the 256, 512 have faster RAM. So, um, or faster storage. I'm sorry. Um, now I bl- and I believe if I scroll <laughs> up here, I believe you can also pop in an SD card. Where did I see that? I saw something, Eric. I saw a thing. So you can add. So you can add storage to it, huh? Uh, I I can't find it now. Is in one of these videos that like plays on websites that you can't go back to. Okay. Let's see. Hmm. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it says it's versatile. Let's see. There you go. What's that go. little thing? Hey, see? versatile. Okay. Uh, they showed a picture of an SD card being plugged into an SD card slot. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Double so, check that math. So at that at, at those price points, Cody Hoffman, would you purchase this? And which one would you get? This one's. I I want this. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I absolutely want this. And if I sold a $10,000 Atari cartridge on mm-hmm. eBay, I would buy this. Okay. And I'd buy the biggest one. Um, just looking at it here, the three ninety nine price point would be enough to jump on, but it's it's almost not worth getting that. I'll fill that up. In a, it's like buying a, a low-end smartphone with right. not enough storage, and then as soon as you take a few videos, your phone's filled up and doesn't work right. Right. I think I'd have to go for the middle one. I think the middle one would be the one I'd want to. So 529, 256 gigabytes, and we get the faster stuff. And then I don't need the anti-glare at, uh, etch glass. Um, I don't it know. It depends what I, you want to do this for. If you were yeah. buying this to play like the the brand new first-person shooter games, yeah, you're going to need the top one, and it still probably won't be great. Right. But we like to play all those cool indie titles. Yeah, and the indie titles are going to run like a breeze on here. And I love to buy games for like 2 or $3. Yeah because I'm too cheap to pay full price of like five or six dollars yeah but I'm not too cheap to spend 529 dollars on a piece of hardware to save two dollars a game you'll earn your money back in about 7.5 years <laughs> um, but I, I 
you know that exclusive carrying case though. Oh, I know. But I bet it's got a picture of Mario. No, <laughs> I think the mid tier one would be the one because of the faster internal storage. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The storage because I've been kind of an advocate these days of like focus. So putting two or three games on here, playing those until I'm done, then going to, you know, then downloading and uh, so the storage it really isn't that big of a deal to me because I don't need to install all my Steam games on a system. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I definitely want in, but I'm definitely I, I'm not going to be a day one customer, because frankly, that's a lot of money. So. That's a lot of money, and I don't like to pay for things and then wait, which yeah. I'm already doing with something. Yeah. And I also believe, I don't see it on here, but I believe, and this, is, this would be cool, because it's another thing that does well for me. Hmm. I believe, like the Switch, you can dock it. Yes. And play it on a screen. That's right. The dock is coming soon. They they don't have, at least the time when I looked at this, you can't pre-order that yet. It's not, they don't have pricing as far as I know. Give me a bundle with the dock for $5.99. I'm in. Okay. Because um, that's the other thing. Again, to me, the biggest thing is having a piece of hardware where everything just works. Yeah. And um, the ki- the killer thing for me about the Switch is I play it docked, ni- you know, 80% of the time now, and then the other 20% I take it on the road to my kids' practices and stuff and play it there. I do love that I have both those options, so the dock would be awesome here. Eric, there's a new Genesis game out. What is that called? Demons of Astaborg. Astaborg. Demons of Astaborg. Demons of Astaborg. So this game is... For the Sega Genesis, which means yeah. it's written with Sega Genesis code. Yeah. However, it is also available on Steam and Nintendo Switch because, you know, people who make games like to make money off the games. Yeah. Um, but you can also pre-order the Genesis cartridge. However, I do love, and I haven't seen the price yet, uh, you can try the, you can download the demo ROM file. Mm-hmm. So you can straight up, I'm going to put that on my Genesis and try it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I believe it, they're also going to release the digital file as ROM. Okay. For for purchase. Okay. And if you buy the PC version, you get the ROM, from what I understood. Because I think I did read through this, right? So if you buy the uh, PC, okay. if you buy the Switch or PC version, I think you also get the Genesis ROM, don't you? I don't know. That'd be cool. Okay. But I'm watching the some intro stuff here, and this is clearly not from the Genesis. There you go. That part is. Yeah. The actual gameplay. Um, and it looks slick. It's like a uh, side-scrolling hack and slash... Um, it it almost feels. I mean, it looks like Super Ghouls and Ghosts, kind of like mm-hmm. that. The visuals, yeah. But the gameplay is more Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But um, but it looks like it's linear. It's not Metroidvania type of thing. It's I don't know. But it looks. Oh, it's going backwards there. It looks really good. It looks really good. It does look really good. Um, very much my style of thing. If you're into Contra or Castlevania. And you know, I haven't played very many of these style games on the Genesis. They're always on Nintendo. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because Castlevania, um, the only one on Genesis is Bloodlines, right? Yeah. Have you played Bloodlines? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've never played that one. I think I actually own a, cart- a cartridge still. Okay. Somehow. Even though it's worth like $10,000. Ooh. Okay. Buy oh, that like a theme. Buy, buy, <laughs> sell that and buy me a Steam Deck. Uh, and a copy of Demons of Astaborg. Mm-hmm. So that's a sweet-looking game. There's another sweet-looking game on here as well, Eric. Ooh. It is for the Sega Dreamcast. We're sticking with the Sega route. Um, this one, I kind of had to dig this out. I'm surprised I hadn't heard more about it, but uh, you can buy it at wavegamestudios.com. Intrepid Dizzy. Intrepid Izzy. Izzy. 
Izzy. Yeah, not Dizzy. Not I Dizzy. I don't dig the Dizzy games. <laughs> Me either. Intrepid Izzy. It's uh, basically 30 pounds. Um, That's about 7,000 US dollars. Roughly. Uh, release on 20th of August, 2021. Mm-hmm. You get your pre-order in now, even though it says in stock. That's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, but you can see it comes in the cool little uh, PAL version Dreamcast cartridge or a CD case looking thing there. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to show you the video, but it looks uh, very Shantae to me. And it's very smooth and really cool hand-drawn art. Oh, yeah. That um, one that one picture looked a lot like Shantae. Yeah, let me get some gameplay here for you because, they're, of course, the only thing they show here is how they made the game. I want to see gameplay of the game. I want to see what I can purchase. And that's just not going to happen for me right now. But these are made by this is made by the same people that made Rush Rally Reloaded. I remember that, which is a top-down racer on the yeah. Genesis yeah. or the Dreamcast, which we really enjoyed. But yeah, really cool-looking game. You're this girl with purple hair doing this kind of side-arming platforming. It's very much a Euro uh, platformer because there's tons of purple crystal crystals to capture. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I do like the collect 'em up thing. Me too. Um, this looks like a winner, and I, I could always use more Dreamcast games. Yeah, I might have to get a physical of this one. Oop, my beeper is going off behind me. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> Sometimes that beeper means something like, it's time for dinner, and you might go downstairs and eat, like, tomatoes or something. Speaking <laughs> of tomatoes, Eric. Turbo Tomato Turbo Deluxe Edition. Tomato. Deluxe Edition. Deluxe Edition. On the Amiga. Wow. <laughs> you keep scaring me with that. <laughs> Um, it's really tomato. loud in Eric's headphones, by the way. It's just hilarious to me. <laughs> Turbo Tomato. So if you watch some footage of this game, um, it is, I think, has a very interesting art style, but is a new game for the Amiga that... Um, God, I don't even know how to explain this game. Um, you're a tomato. <laughs> okay, got it. Nailed it. You're a tomato, and you it, it has this like top-down view, almost like a... God, I don't even know. It looks like a mini golf course, kind of. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like an isometric golf course. Um, Yep. And then you're a tomato, and you run around this field collecting things and shooting things. Very arcade style. Throwing bombs. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's almost a little bit like a a non-maze version of Bomberman Bomberman or Dino Blaster. But there's no maze. You're just running around this arena. And you are throwing these bombs and trying to collect things and destroy enemies. But I actually really kind of dug the looks, simple art style in it. Yeah. And it just seems like it'd be a lot of fun. It looks like the controls are super slippery. I'm just watching this person play. Yeah. Which has me worried, I'll be honest with you. It looks like after he killed all the bad guys, a hole opened up and, as tomatoes do, it jumped down a hole. As tomatoes do, a pie <laughs> hole. Down the pie hole. Cool. Yeah. That was um, Amiga, huh? That was for the Amiga, yeah. Very cool. Uh, This is another game that came out, which is free, Eric. And I think this one's really cool. I love that, for whatever reason, Game & Watches are getting a ton of love right now. They are. People are porting Game & Watch games. Yeah. This is um, a, you know, if you would think of the the technical limitations of a Game & Watch and how it had to work. Yeah. You know, either the picture would light up black or it wouldn't. Right. So this is, uh, somebody did a Game & Watch a uh, fan game, if you will, based on R-Type. Oh, jeez. And it's you and your, uh, I forget the name of the R-Type ship you, right now, but... Yeah, and you're, like, basically blasting a boss. Yeah, the, like, the main boss, the big, like, alien guy, the half alien, half shrimp boss. Yeah. 
and uh you, you want to shoot the, the little face that pops out of its stomach when it pops out of its stomach while avoiding the flames and the projectiles. Your beam has to build up over time so you can shoot it. Um, super cool. I don't know if you guys can hear that from my, through my computer here. but So what is this on? So this is, at this point, it looks like it's purely a itch.io runs in your browser game. Runs in your browser. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I... If I was going to create a product, yeah, as part of this retro revival, yeah, I would want to make start making new like I'll call them watching games, yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah, and people like this would come with this idea, and we just make physical versions. Like I would buy this. How cool is this? Yeah, and you can download it and play it on Windows. There you go. I want a physical. I like. I love game watches. They're so cool. I have I have no game and watches other than the Mario one, the um, newer one. So I oh need the, to- yeah the new yeah. But I don't have any old school ones. They're cool, and they're getting up there in price. So if you want one, I think the cheapest one you can find now is like 50 bucks, and it's probably in bad shape. Yeah. But they are very cool. All right, so now I'm going to show you another game, and this time I don't want you to be disappointed with it. Okay, Cody? Okay. Well, I want to see Positivity Cody here. Money Racers! Money Racers! On the Commodore 64. I don't think this is out. This is a preview, which I know we don't cover a lot of previews, but... Um, I thought this game looked so cool. It's like almost like looks like Super Skid Marks, like the one on the Amiga, but it's on the Commodore 64, which kind of blows my mind. But it's called Muddy Racers. You're on muddy tracks. It looks you're, great. You're driving around these little cars on tight, tight little like um, race tracks. I mean, it's one screen, and you're going around in the mud, and you are trying to beat your opponents. But the I thought the sprite work was excellent. When you slip in oil slicks, you you spin around. Yeah. Like your little car spins around. The music is really cool. Um, when you finish a lap, like a little sprite pops out of your car telling you, lap six, lap seven. Yep. Um, I thought this looked really cool for a little race around. And there's supposed to be multiple tracks. And what I love about this is they said, you know what would be a great look for the Commodore color palette? A game that's mostly browns. Brown. Well, they're they're just leaning into its, its exactly. advantage. So it actually looks like it pops because everything is brown and where the color is, there's so little of it that it looks bright. Yep. It looks good. Looks really good. If I was a Commodore 64 game designer, every one of my games would start with muddy. <laughs> muddy asteroids, muddy Pac-Man, <laughs> muddy this and that. If it didn't that way, it. I could just lean right into that. Muddy beer. Speaking of muddy beer, Eric. we got to rate this We almost boy. finished this I'm almost done. cold brew. Yep. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it very much. Do you like Guinness as a beer to begin with? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, it's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. I'm in the same boat. I'm not, I mean, There's people I, that are obsessed with it and buy all this stuff, and it's 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 a, it's okay beer. It's an okay beer. It's but unique. I, it's, it's not one I would, when I go, I'm not looking at Guinness going, mm, I'm going to get this. I'd right. probably buy this again. Yeah, this I cold like brew. I like this. This yeah. cold brew one. Yeah. And if it keeps you awake all night, we might be buying it again. <laughs> we might have it on every show. It might be the new the new show beer. So, Eric, if, if a barista... <clears throat> Handed you a Starbucks cup, yeah, and this and this beer was in that cup, yeah. The rating system is how many letters of your name were spelled wrong <laughs> out of out of thirteen letters. Out of thirteen letters, how many were spelled wrong? Um, I'm going to give this a good out of thirteen. I guess how many were spelled right would be the question. Yeah, let's, let's, let's put it correctly here. Um, I'm going to say. Ten. I'm going to say ten as well. There we go. I like it. We agree. We do agree. Ten out of thirteen. This we is a good agree. one. 
So just for people, since it was so long since we took our first sip there, that is the Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Which is a good beverage, a 10 out of 13 beverage. And, it's, and I'm glad it's a nitro. I'm getting, some beer. I, I'm getting some beer. It's not completely devoid of, right. of brew. You're right. Um, it's also gotten very romantic in here, Eric. So you I'm going to ask you to flip that switch behind you. Yeah, which one? The middle one? As the sun goes down and the... Uh, is it the middle one? Uh, I think it's the one closest to us. Look at that. Light. Riveting radio. All right. Uh, Eric, you know that game, that Mario 64 sealed copy that sold for $1.56 million? Yeah. There are rumors, this might shock you, that that whole thing was a fraud. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, hold on, I got that. Oh, that's back. I just forgot it's on the board, but yeah. That's one a, of my favorite sound effects. and it, it It's was, a good one. We haven't played it in a long time. It was like... That's up there, too. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, we, Tim had to be on this episode. Um, so anyways, I don't think, I, I couldn't find a, a, anything that would confirmed this, but the, uh, the rumor mill has it that the $1.56 million, uh, every time you see that, that, um, news article, yeah. it mentions the auction house. That's what I, and I heard a podcast where they were mentioning that that auction house is pretty much kind of known for some shenanigans. So basically, See, Guinness basically like everybody in the auction house, like bit, put money together as one bid for the game oh. and they bid to th- their own game to themselves and so basically what they did is for 1.56 million dollars in a transaction yeah which i, I guess kind of comes back to them i don't know they were able to get enough advertising just by all the news and everybody and us talking about it yeah so we're, they, they we're had the some problem. great advertising we're part of the problem we are part of the problem let's become part of the solution era Eric, era, <laughs> era. Eric, mm-hmm. by talking about this next item, which is something I think before we even talked about the Steam Deck being the coolest thing that ever could exist, yeah, we thought about this. And we're like, I, if I wanted any new mini console, yeah, what would it be, Eric? The Amiga Mini. Is this real? This is real. This I, is official. This is by the same people that makes they made the Mini Commodore sixty four, which I still don't have. But that's cool because oh. we still can't really buy it here. Oh, the, the Mini 64? Oh, the Mini one, yes. We have the Mini, yeah. but we didn't get the Maxi. I want the, I want the full size with the keyboard. I want, I want that, too. The Amiga 500 is returning as a mini console. It is the <laughs> same people that made the Commodore 64 one. Retro Games are... Yeah, very generic name. I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just Retro think. Games. That's it. There it is. <laughs> hmm. But they are coming out with the... It's going to have... I think for, further down this thing, they list the, the 25 games so far that are going to be on it. Um, it looks cool. It looks like an Amiga 500. Well, no, I laugh at the picture because I'm looking at this. Yeah. And this is just, I mean, it's very obviously a computer rendering. Yes. Of, it looks like a straight up Amiga 500. I don't, this is not scaled. Right. I mean, these buttons would be way too small if this was mini. Yep. Now um, look at the, it comes with the controller. This I like. Yeah, it comes with the controller that looks like the, uh, almost like the CD32 it's controller. Like the CD32 like the controller and a tank mouse. And the tank mouse. That is cool. So I think that is really neat, and it comes with 25 games. And I do like the name, because just like the C64, yeah, this is the A500. Yeah. That's cool. And, and I've, I've heard people like online, because the news of this came out, and people were like, well, I'm just going to wait for the Maxi, for the A500 Maxi. So they're, they're not, they're not going to buy it. I, I don't... I, I don't I, I'm still going to get this, especially if it yeah. comes out here in the U.S., but... And if the Maxi well, the comes key. out, that, that'd be great, too. But So the announced titles so far for the A500 Mini, and I don't know if this is the total, 
This this is all of them? No, I said there's going to be 25 games, and this is a list of like 10 here. Okay, so Breed 3D. Well, that that's actually Alien Breed 3D. Yeah. Um, Another World, ATR All-Terrain, Battle Chess, Cadaver, Kickoff 2, Pinball Dream, Simon the Sorcerer, Speedball 2, Brutal Deluxe. That's a great game. The Chaos Engine, another mm-hmm. great game. Worms, the Director's Cut. Awesome. Zool, Ninja of the Nth Dimension. Candy. I always think of Candy with the Zool. With Zool, yeah. So... I am. I'm very yeah, positive about I am this. I'm cautiously optimistic, but it. I'm it, excited about the co- the concept. It has the coolest um, peripherals with it. That that gamepad and the mouse tank. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. And I hope that they follow the same tradition they did with the C64, where you could just throw your own ADF files onto an SD card. Oh yeah, yeah. Pop it in, play whatever you want. I'll hook this up to my big TV and play media games all day long. I, I love it. I think it's an awesome idea. Uh, one of our favorite shoot 'em up developers, Cave, yeah, uh, has announced that they are releasing a totally new shooter, and it says for the Two Ho Two Tao Hao project. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that and is. And this article explains it as if we know what that is. Okay. Uh, but long story short, Cave is coming out with a brand new vertical shmup, which is something we love so that's that's my news besides um, games two ho project is known for its fan art anime cosplay and figurines so i'm so guessing maybe that's like some, some sort kind of, of anime or something yeah i don't know okay well, but cave game a new cave game new that's cave going game. to be probably on switch or uh well i mean everything they've released in, in the previously has been on in the arcades first oh in the arcades so first. i wonder if they were still putting them out and in look, japanese look at that arcades list, man dodonpachi dodonpachi um mushahime sama which i loved i talked about that on my xbox 360 oh that gawange is one um yeah esp rod a um i have a bunch of, of P, uh, playstation 2 imports from them they make great games yeah if you like vertical shmups which I do. Honestly, if you like horizontal shmups or anything else, not really your thing. No. <laughs> they don't They do not do that. I think they made one. I think Gawain's, or, or I want to say Gawain, or probably like Gawanjay or something like that. I don't know. That one's horizontal, but. All right. Cool. And Eric, I'm sure there was more news out there <laughs> yeah. in the world that we didn't cover. Yeah. But that's news to us. That is news to us. Eric, let me tell you a little bit more about RetroRewind.ca. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. uh, if you go to that website and add a forward slash uh, pixel, pixel guide, guide in, yeah. uh, you can check out their diagnostic carts, yeah. which are super cool. Um, just the way they look is, is really well done here. I was I was taking a look at specifically the Commodore 64 ones, yeah. uh, because I do have a dead test cart already. Yes. I noticed they have a double-ended one called the Dual Diag. Yeah. Two is better than one, Eric. Um and for the small price right now of $38, you can get a 586-220++ diagnostics cart. But if you want to pull that thing out, flip it over, and stick it back in, it's also now a dead test cart. That's pretty nifty. Two in one. And just the packaging they do here with the really clean logo looks great. I love the uh, the label on the on the cart. They also have the dead test and the diagnostic cart separate, plus a, di- a diagnostic four-in-one cart. Which does all kinds of crazy cool things, apparently. Uh, adding such features as the 1541 diagnostic yep. and an STID dead test. Yeah. Which is something I don't even know what that means, Eric. But I'm sure there's people out here who know this stuff better than I do, and that's, like, amazing. 
<laughs> I, I've used my diagnostic cartridge so much when I when I bought like a big lot of C64s once, and I know you came across a pretty good sized lot as well. And those diagnostic carts are so valuable. I mean, they, oh, yeah. they shorten the time of trying to troubleshoot these problems. You pop these things in, and they will most of the time tell you exactly what chip you need to take a look at, like swap out and replace. Yep. Awesome. And I mean, it especially helps when you have the full diagnostic harness, Eric, and they have a sweet looking kit there. Yeah. Again, if you take a look at this thing, it's you know it's multiple pieces. Yeah. You plug in the back of your C64, and it allows it to do a whole hardware check. Yeah. Um, and it just it's a it's a great looking kit here the way they do it. I'm I currently have yours downstairs as I was using it a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going to return it to you because I'm going to pick this up here from RetroRewind.ca forward slash pixel guide and you know what else i'm gonna do eric what's that i'm gonna use the checkout code pg10 you that's do, pixel guide you know what you PG10? get for that? You what do what i get 10 percent off 10 percent off yep 10% that is a deal off so that's feel awesome. free to check that out everybody at home cool. feel free to borrow my code Shh, just don't tell frank yeah that you used Shh. pg10 and save 10 percent off your order at retro rewind.ca and tell it if anybody actually uses that code, send us a little message, and we will say it on the air. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Tell, tell me what you bought. I want to hear what you bought. Uh, we also want to make sure you guys all hop over and check out our YouTube channel, which we've mentioned before. Tim just released a uh, a video there on the Sam Coop, yeah. and that's youtube.com forward slash pixel guide Yeah. Let's see what Eric has to say this month. This month on Eric's Take, I wanted to cover a new gaming handheld device that I purchased recently. It is the Anbernic RG351M. I wanted to talk about why I bought it. Uh, I wanted to take a first peek at it and show you all the all the uh, controls on it and what it includes and the specs on it. Uh, this isn't going to be necessarily a review. I haven't had it that long. I've had it about a week. Um, but I did want to cover my experience with first buying it, setting it up, uh, getting it rolling, and why I chose this one over uh, the devices that are kind of in direct competition with this. So as people might know that listen to the podcast, I love real hardware. I love the real consoles, the real handheld uh, gaming devices, and the microcomputers. Uh, but I have nothing at all against emulators or things like uh, Mister, which is more of a simulation. Uh, I love those devices just as well, and they certainly have their place, especially um, I've found a ton of utility with those while doing research on the podcast because emulators do give you some things that are lacking in the real devices, and that would be save states, um, rolling, rewinding, rolling back. Uh, things like that. And so I think emulators certainly have their place. Um, and I am getting more and more into emulators as time goes on, even though I still love pulling out the old hardware and, and tinkering with that. So let's first talk about the device that I actually got, the Anbernic RG351M. When I was looking at these, uh, there is the RG351P. And as far as I can tell, the P means plastic and the M means metal, which is aluminum, really. Um, and they both are pretty much identical systems, except 
of course. One is plastic, and then one has the aluminum shell, which is the one I got. And I guess in the P model, most of them don't have Wi-Fi chips. The early builds had a Wi-Fi chip that was buggy. Uh, whenever there would be network traffic, it would cause a static in the speakers. And so they quickly removed that chip, or they may have just deactivated it. I have no idea. Um, and they sold it without a Wi-Fi chip, which... Um, these can auto update. These can connect with multiple other players online. Uh, these you can FTP to these things to drop off ROM. There's a lot of features for the Wi-Fi chip, so I know I wanted that. So, really, the in, with the Wi-Fi chip in this and the aluminum case, I was sold. I watched a lot of videos on this too, and it seemed like this one right now at this moment has the most premium parts in it. I mean, it. I'll go over in detail. I'll kind of do a, a walk around of the whole device in a minute. Uh, but it it really just is the, like I, I've never seen hardware this good on a handheld emulation device. Anyway, the specs are um, the CPU is an RK3326 quad core 1.5 gigahertz. The GPU is a Mali G31 MP2. Um, it has one gigabyte of DDR3L RAM. Um, it comes with an SD card and it, it usually it can come with, I've seen a bunch of different size ones. Mine came with a 128 gig card, um, that was installed with an operating system, which I will talk about in a minute. That is a pretty key factor in this device. Uh, the system is open source Linux system. Uh, and, and I'll go, uh, when we cover o, the OS that's on this, I'll cover those in more detail. The display, it's a 3.5 inch OCA fully laminated IPS screen. Uh, the screen, uh, from what I understand, has a scratch-resistant quality to it. Uh, the resolution is 320 by 480. So the system that I seriously considered getting in lieu of this one was the Retroid Pocket 2. It's actually a little bit cheaper. Uh, usually you can find it. These The price on this thing varies quite a bit on where you buy it. Uh, but the Retroid Pocket 2 was right around anywhere from $80 to $110.00. Whereas the RG three fifty one M was anywhere from about one, I'd say one hundred to one twenty, depending on where you got it, and what size SD card came with it. But the Retroid Pocket two was an interesting device. Um, it had Android as an operating system, and I have been a big Android fan for since it came out. I had the very first Android phone, and I love the Android operating system. Uh, I have every phone I've ever gotten is an Android phone. Um, well, when, well, I should say since Android started, I've had nothing but Android. Before that, I had BlackBerry, but that's a different story. Um, so I, I, that, in, that one intrigued me quite a bit. It has a plastic case, um, but it has a similar format as the, as the, the one that I got. Um, it even had a few features it didn't have. Uh, it had an HDMI out, which this Ann Bernick does not have. And I thought long and hard about that. It would be... Nice to have uh, HDMI out so you could play on the big screen, but honestly, I have systems all over the place here that can play. I, I mean, I have I'm not lacking for ways to play eight or sixteen bit games at all. Uh, I, I you know I, I've got two different monitors in my game room. Well, three if you count the CRT, and I can hook up. I, I could play a Super Nintendo game or a Genesis game instantly on any any monitor I have in here. So. I, I kind of talked myself out that that was really an important part, but the Android part really intrigued me and I had to do some digging to find that 
the build quality for the Retroid Pocket 2 just wasn't quite where this Amber Nick is. Uh, this Amber Nick, it just reeks of high quality. It's aluminum. It's an aluminum chassis. And I'm just going to, I'm looking at mine right now and I'm just going to kind of walk around it. If you picture something like a Nintendo Switch uh, with the screen in the middle, this thing obviously is, um, I mean, I wouldn't say substantially smaller, but probably a good two inches on each side smaller. Um, it's got a pretty, it's got a pretty nice screen on it. It's got a select and start button on the face. It's got a D pad on the left. And then it also has an analog stick. Uh, the two and the, it has an analog stick on both sides. The analog stick is sunken down a little bit so that it doesn't catch on anything. Like if you put this in your pocket, um, but the analog sticks feel really, really nice as, as, as well as the D pad. Then it has four, um, game buttons on the face, you know, the typical X, Y, A, B buttons on the top of it. Uh, you would find, you'll find a L1 and L2, uh, buttons. These ones are, uh, you can hear that they're very clicky. Uh, they feel really nice. It took me a while to re like, um, they're not, they're not up and down from each other or, or top and bottom. They're, they're basically the L1 and, and R1 are on the corners of the device. And then the R2 and L2 are on the tops of the device. So they're, it took me a while to get used to that. You'll have to look at a picture to really explain, you know, to get a clear picture of that. But it took me a while, but I'm used to it now. I was playing a uh, Mario Kart 64. Yes. An N64 game. And I'll get to that in a minute. And where you use those a lot and I got used to it really quick and, and actually kind of appreciate them now where they're located. Continuing on the top, there is an OTG um, USB-C port, um, which I believe is for plugging in external devices like a controller or something like that. There is a headphone jack and then there is another OTG USB-C uh, port, but it is labeled DC as well. And that's where you plug it in. It did not come with a power uh, supply to recharge it. You basically can just plug it in to any five volt typical phone charger, or I actually just have a USB C cable coming from my Nintendo switch because that's how I recharge my pro controller. And I just use that to recharge this, uh, the battery life so far, like I said, I've only had it a week, but I, Played it for about two hours today, and I'm still at about 85% battery. So uh, it gets really, really good battery life. I'm very impressed with it. Okay, so let's look at the bottom. Bottom has the TF card or SD card slot in it, and that's where you have your operating system is on that SD card, as well as all the ROM files for all the systems that you put on there. Um, there is a reset button uh, on the bottom. There are, and the two speakers are at the bottom. That's another thing. The Retroid Pocket 2 had the speakers on the front face, which was pretty unique. I think there is some pluses to that. Uh, so it's something to consider if you're considering the two. On the left side is the power button. And on the right side is a volume dial, which I kind of dig. I like the, the dial versus the rocker switch, even though the rocker switch is probably... I don't know, safer, I want to say, because there's less likelihood of damaging the buttons versus a dial, I would think. Um, but it, it is a dial, and I kind of like the the tactile feel of a dial when I'm dealing with volume than a clicky button. Um, on the back is pretty interesting, too. On the back are four screws to use to take this device apart. 
Um, but there are these two little rubber pads, which when you're holding this device, your fingers kind of gravitate towards those pad and they keep it from being a slippery device and slipping out of your hand. I really like those. Plus when you set it down on a table, it's very quiet because it hits these two rubber, uh, pads on the back. Uh, and that's pretty much the walk around for this. Now, here's my first tip. If you decide to buy one of these is do not worry about getting the SD card. Uh, yes, it comes with an SD card and they will put an operating system on there for you. It's usually one called emu elec, E-M-U-E-L-E-C. It's an okay operating system, uh, but I did have some problems with it, which made me want to switch to a different one, which I'll cover in a minute. But these will come from China and they will have the cheapest SD cards known to man in them. This thing is horrible. So I ordered, I, I, you know, kind of fell for the whole gimmick of, you know, I wanted to get a 128 gig, uh, SD card, micro SD card. And they did, they loaded up with, uh, with ROMs and, and emulators and everything. I mean, it, it, it did come with everything, but it was a couple of revisions old, even though in the text on the, uh, the auction that I bought this from, it said that, uh, it would have the latest operating system and it didn't it had a couple of revisions behind. And I noticed some little issues with it. Uh, so one of the first issues is that I really wanted to get Pico eight running on this. And I had read, and that was one reason I didn't go with the retroid pocket too, is, that one runs Android and Pico 8 is not for Android. So I wouldn't have been able to use that for Pico 8. So that was a big reason why I didn't go that way. But this one does. It does support uh, Pico 8. So found these instructions online, but all the instructions were for newer versions of uh, Emu Elec. So I, I tried. I tried two or three times to get Pico 8 to work and it did not work. And I was getting frustrated with it, and I had also was seeing some issues with the SD card. So I decided that I, I dug through my box of old SD cards, and I found this uh, 200 gig one, which I had been using for a MAME setup a long while ago. And I formatted it, and I decided I was going to put a new operating system on it. So I researched what the best operating systems were for these devices, the Ambernic. And I found that there was one called uh, 351-ELEC. Now, 351-ELEC is a fork of EMU-ELEC, so it is very similar. But one thing I did find was that they did say that these were... Um, 351-ELEC was a little better for people who just wanted to get going playing games. I mean, it was all set up and all the buttons were mapped for the particular emulators and all the emulators were kind of set up. All you had to do was drop their BIOS files in and drop your ROMs in and you're good to go. So I thought, well, that sounds good. And even Pico 8 was ready to go. There was a Pico 8 folder and all you had to do was take your purchased version of Pico 8 and drop the files in this folder and it add, it put it right on the menu for me, a, a Pico 8 folder uh, or a Pico 8 menu item on there. And so really all you need to do is is get the whatever basic SD card that comes with one of these things. And one thing that's really nice about it, 
Now, you, you could go get the BIOS files for all these emulators. A lot of them don't need BIOS files, like Super Nintendo, Genesis, those kind of things. But when you start getting into the PS1 and N64 emulation and some of the other systems, you have to track down the BIOS files. And they're, they're not that hard to find. You can just do a Google search and find these BIOS files. But when you get the Ambernic, there is a BIOS folder on there that has all these BIOS files on them. So I literally just copied them from the old 128 may or gig uh, SD card that I had, copied them right over to this uh, big 200 gig SD card I had, and I was off and running. It couldn't have been easier to set up 351 ELEC, first of all. I mean, you download it, you decompress the image, you write it to your SD card using whatever you use, Etcher or whatever, and just like you set up a Raspberry Pi or something like that. And then when you first boot it, it will automatically expand the partition for your ROMs to take up whatever the size of your SD card is. So, I mean, I have just a ton of place for my ROMs, which is good because I want to get into some of the more uh, esoteric emulators that this actually uses. And I don't even want to say esoteric. I mean the more powerful ones because this little guy can play some higher-end emulators that normal handhelds like I have the uh, retro flag one that has a Pi Zero in it, and you are good with 8-bit systems. But when you even get into, um, and it's good with 16-bit systems, I want to give it that. But if you get anything higher than that, it starts to choke. Whereas this one, um, I have tested uh, PlayStation and N64 a lot these this last week, and it. It runs them extremely well. Now, N64, I noticed some audio glitches, which is pretty normal for every N64 emulator I've ever used. But it played the game smoothly, no problems. I, I played Mario Kart a lot on there, and it played fine. Uh, I played, um, you know, this month we are covering uh, rally games, and I played uh, the, what is it, the Colin... McRae, yeah, that's right, Colin McRae Rally. I always forget the guy's last name. Uh, Colin McRae Rally on PlayStation, which is a very nice rally game, and it played flawlessly on this device. And I also played Twisted Metal 2. It played flawlessly as well. So this thing is a beast when it comes to PS1 and 64 emulation. Had no problem with that at all. Um, so... I, I have briefly tested like Super Nintendo, Genesis, um, Capcom, uh, arcade games, MAME. Uh, what else have I tried? I mean, I, I've, I've, um, I'm going to boot this thing up right now and walk you through the menu. Um, oh, another thing this one has that I didn't include in the specs is it does have vibration. So PlayStation games that have vibration and 64 rumble pack games, they will vibrate this device, which is pretty neat. Uh, you don't often see that in handheld devices, but um, it does it. It does it well. Um, so anyway, I haven't, like I said, I haven't tried out all the emulators yet, but I was pretty impressed with the emulators that just worked right out of the box. Once I, I copied all the ROMs, because since it was a good collection of ROMs on the on the included SD card, so I copied them over, and I, I haven't even activated all the emulators that are on here. And all you have to do to, em to activate it is have the BIOS file in the BIOS folder and then just drop a single ROM into a folder and it will suddenly show up on your menu, which I think is incredibly easy. So they do make this, this operating system easy. So 
I have Capcom Play System 1, Play System 2, Play System 3, Dreamcast, which I have tested a couple of games on Dreamcast, and they do play very well. Uh, I played Crazy Taxi 2, and the sound was... I did hear a couple of minor glitches in the sound, but the game played perfectly. So that, you know, it, it that's a, not a bad trade-off. Uh, Final Burn Neo, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, Game Gear, MAME, MSX, Neo Geo, Neo Geo Pocket, Nintendo 64, Nintendo DS, and I haven't really gotten into that one yet, but I am going to explore that. Uh, the original Nintendo, PC Engine, I have Pico 8 on here, PlayStation, and PSP, Genesis, Mega Drive. Now, I did, because the other game we're comparing Colin McRae Rally to is Sega Rally Championship on the Sega Saturn. And I had read reviews on this, and they had said that the Saturn emulation was a little sketchy, and they weren't wrong. It, I wouldn't even say to even bother with it. It, I know that the Sega Saturn is notoriously difficult to emulate, but it it really really does not work. I mean, Sega Rally Championship did it, it loaded up and it played, but it was literally like at about 10 frames per second it, it it was horrible not playable at all so i would avoid sega saturn emulation super famicom super nintendo uh wonder swan black and white wonder swan color um and that's all i've installed so far but when you look at the folder on in the roms directory this thing has a ton of emulators all ready to go all you gotta do is drop a rom in there and you're good to go so it really is an easy, easy operating system to use. Uh, again, that's 351ELEC. So what are my overall impressions on this? Um, so I have a BitBoy, like the little uh, black and white kind of BitBoy system. I have a Retroflag GPI case for, that has the Pi Zero in it. And I that's the one I've been using a lot. And I I use it all the time. I really enjoy the. It's got a Game Boy form factor, so it's nice and handy. Um that's about it for my handheld emulators, and I will say that this Anvernick pretty much blows them all out of the water. It plays everything so smoothly. The screen is so bright and so nice. Um, the build quality in this thing is out of sight. I mean, one thing I on the retro flag case that I have is the D-pad and buttons. I would say a, like a rating system from 0 to 10, they're probably a 6. Um, this Anvernick is a nine. I mean, I, I, I don't have any complaints about it other than having to get used to the L1 and L2 and, and R1 and R2 where their location is. The forward facing buttons are not mushy. Like the X, Y, A, B buttons are clicky. Um, they feel great. They're, I, this thing, if, you know, I, I'd have to say that the, the operating system you like I say, they come out with revisions all the time on these uh, open source kind of Linux uh, operating systems on here. So that's just going to keep getting better and better. But you have to get a device that you love the controls because controls usually aren't very easily modded on a handheld system. So make sure you get a system that has a high build quality. And that was my primary goal was the build quality. And I this is it. This is it for me right now. I think this is the one of the better ones on the market the Anbernick RG351M. So that's my overall first peek at this. Um, I will probably be talking about it on the show more and more as I dive into more of the emulators on here. 
Uh, but I have been really, really enjoying it, and using the save states is a is just so nice when I'm trying to get some of these games played before the next episode of Pixel Guidance so I can talk about them intelligently. I don't always have time to get to a save point or something in a game, and the save states have just been brilliant on these things, as well as the rewind features. So anyway, I just uh, wanted to cover this real quick, so thank you for listening. I will uh, see you next month. Thank you. One more thing I wanted to add that uh, when I came back, went back and listened to this for editing, I realized I left this out. So what um, ELEC 351 really is, is it is a firmware for the RG351M and, and other systems, but it really is just a wrapper for kind of a RetroArch setup. So RetroArch is the backend um, software that contains all of the emulators and the, and the optimizations and the controller configurations and all that good stuff. So if you're familiar with RetroArch, you shouldn't have any problem at all with running any of these operating systems because uh, they're pretty much all have RetroArch on the back end. But anyway, uh, thank you. Talk to you soon. <laughs>
Gotcha. I can't wait to get down to that one. <laughs> exactly. You're still waiting there. <laughs> well, I guess we should maybe uh, start talking about some... Yeah, I'll read this shortly, but until then, it's time for us to talk six good games. I thought I'd spice it up a little bit that time. It sounded that amazing, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was sparkly. Sparkly. Are you getting some now? Or are you still? No, nope, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at your mug right now, and it literally is half foam and half beer. Mine's got a very thin layer on the top. There was a beer recently we had that told us specifically to open the can and pour aggressively down the center of the glass. So yeah. I, you know, I can't break myself. You, you of that can't now. break it because it was so much fun. <laughs> there we go. I got some beer. Yeah, it's flavorful. Good. Yeah. All right, the bear's wearing a, uh, he's holding a surfboard. That's right. He's going to catch some waves. There's 20 waves available. How many is he catching? <laughs> How many? 20 waves. 20 waves. It is good, but it's not blowing my mind. I'll give it, I'll give it 15 waves. I was ju- I got to say, I'm thinking we're, exact same number, and I'm not are, joking. I mean, we're in, we're simpatico. Is that what they're Our serial ports are communicating <laughs> exactly. together. Uh, Eric, yeah. the Wonder Swan. The Wonder Swan, yeah. It's a brilliant little yeah. handheld uh, mastermind by the same guy who made the Game Boy, Gunpei Yokoi. That is correct. Previously of Nintendo. Yeah. And uh, he he kind of split out and did his own thing and then made this Wonder Swan, which was terribly successful in Japan. And it was only released in Japan, yeah. And nowhere else. And, man, I, I went down a research rabbit hole because I, I started reading about him. Now, listen, I've heard about him, legendary guy. He's got some... There's some stories. There's some stories there, There's yeah. some stories about, heard some of them. about him. But the, the tragic thing was when he died in a car accident, um, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, and people can look that up. We probably won't go too far into it. You don't need to. I don't need the Yakuza coming after me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to talk about it and get get a shot or stabbed by a big katana or whatever they do. The Yakuza does. Um, but he never saw the um, success of the Wonder Swan. Because he designed it mm-hmm. and he was building it. And then, boop, he's dead. Didn't get to see the success that it that boop. it enjoyed. He so, went, boop. Boop. He's, he just phased out. That's how I hope to go. Just boop. Death by boop. Yeah. So anyway, the, the the crazy stories are all the conspiracies about like that Nintendo wanted to have him dead because of of all things, the virtual boy. Yeah. <laughs> that it didn't succeed. Because he he's the guy who designed the Game Boy, which was uh, like yeah. just you don't crazy need to, successful. You don't need to make anything else. You're good. Yeah. He, he it was it was just crazy. And then he did the virtual boy and he said he wanted to retire at 60 anyway, and he w- hung on till 64 to do the Virtual Boy, so he was going to leave anyway. So I don't believe all the conspiracy hype. I mean, it, it's all nonsense, but it's an interesting rabbit hole to go down to hear about everyone's conspiracy theory about it. Because he was with the guy in the car, the guy driving. Oh, was you're, actually still, just, you're going down the Nintendo. rabbit hole. You said yeah. you weren't going to go down. All right, we're not going to go down it. Never mind, never mind. The anyway. Wonders <laughs> one came out in black and white. Well, it's by Bandai. Let's talk about that. Okay. okay. So Not Nintendo. Um, was not by Nintendo, by Bandai. Um, in the fifth generation, it was released in 1999 in Japan. Their original black and white Wonder Swan. Okay. Wonder Swan Color was released in December 9th, 2000. And the Swan Crystal, which is the one you have, right? Yeah. 
That one came out July twelfth, two thousand two. So actually, that's substantially. That's that's a that's yeah. two years later. So that's crazy, um, and that that confirms those dates. I mean, um, you're not about to dig into conspiracy again, are you? I am. <laughs> Don't stop, no, Eric. No, stop. no. I'm just saying he died in '97, I think. Oh, and I gotcha. so missed gotcha. missed missed it by like two years. The yeah. release of it. So yeah. that's pretty tragic. Um, it was discontinued 2003. Um, units sold 3.5 million combined yeah. that's not shabby that's not, not too shabby too shabby um one of the killer things that i think about it about this is that i think it gets really good battery life for one battery they all do yeah yeah even mine who has an upgraded screen like i put in a modded screen a very bright i still get crazy long battery life out so of this. one of the reasons this was so successful is and he went back to his roots yeah the game boy was successful because you shove four batteries in there, and it would last for, yeah. like, ten hours. That's right. You know, which was awesome back then. Yep. Uh, the reason this was so successful is he did that again. Said, hey, people, even though it's 2002, people will buy a black and white system. That's right. Or, I guess, 97 when he when he made it. Yeah. Uh, people will still buy a black and white system. If you only run off one AA battery. Yeah. Which mine's been run off just one AA battery, and mine's in color now. Yeah. Um, like people will buy it and these were very inexpensive they would just be hanging up in grocery stores and things and blister packs and blister packs you yeah. buy them you buy games for very inexpensive and people did it they were just everywhere and people bought them over there and i don't know why it just didn't get released here it's such an awesome system now one thing i wanted to mention about the wonder swan which i think is interesting it's not part of this stuff i'm reading but i think that you can emulate a Wonder Swan on PC or whatever. There's even a core now in the Mister, um, but it is to me, in my opinion, one of the least desirable systems to emulate because of the uniqueness of the game, the hardware itself. Yeah. And the beauty of it is that when you're holding a Wonder Swan, you have two buttons A and B, and then you have power buttons in the middle and start and sound. But on the left, you have these two clusters of uh, like d-pads they're, they're separate buttons but yeah essentially they're d-pads yeah like x1 x2 x3 x4 and then y1 y2 y4 the games came you could play them horizontal and then there were some games where you flip it and you can play it vertically by using the buttons on the bottom yep when you try to emulate that you have to map two buttons times eight i mean plus oh, you eight. have to remap everything in so that you emulator? gotta map like eight buttons now to <laughs> try to get it to work in emulation it's horrible because the mister does a great job emulating it but you can't map those buttons to a standard controller it just doesn't gotcha, work yeah so i did all my testing this time on the true wonder swan which is it was awesome um it i think they're so so they're so cool I don't know. I think the hardware on this is so cool. And between the three of us, we have every version here. I have the yeah. black and white. You have the color, which you've modded. And then I have the uh, crystal. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to talk about now, though, is games on them, which are good. Yes. And we we did have a gentleman's handshake on excluding one game. Judgment Silver Sword. Judgment Silver Sword. And we did that because I think, hands down, I, I my opinion, it's the best game on the system. It's the best one I've played. And I love that game, and I still, whenever I boot up my Wonder Swan, I play two or three quick games of that. Love that game. So, yeah. we decided, we did do a little handshake, not going to include that one, but that's an honorable mention. Um, Judgment Silver Sword, if you get a Wonder Swan, 
you're not gonna, unless you're going to sell that ten thousand dollar cartridge. You're not going to find it. You're not going to afford it. But if you get a flash cartridge, you can slap it on there and play it all day long. So, um, but anyway, we should start with our six good games. I'll do you, go first. Do you want to kick How this about off? That excellent. So, the first game I'm picking, which I brought up on the screen here, yeah. and it is incorrectly horizontal, uh, is a vertical game, as you stated. Yeah. And I feel like many of the best games on the Wonder Swan are vertical. Mm-hmm. Oriented. Oriented? Orientated? Tate mode? Tate. Um, and what is cool about this particular game yeah. is it has a certain name that we just talked about. Yeah. It is called Gunpei. Gunpei. And it was designed by Gunpei Yokoi. Yeah. And uh, the first game uh, I'm talking about here is called Just Gunpei, and it's in black and white. And it starts with this little uh, animation of, I don't know what, some kind of crazy story about the Wild West and people who are wanted and whatever. But it is essentially a uh, fall, yeah, I mean, I'm going to call it a falling block puzzle game. Really, the, the you're, you're moving things around on the screen uh, and blocks are coming up from the bottom at a row at a time. Yeah. And you kind of have to see it to really, to really get a, a, a grasp on it. But basically, the squares can have a number of things and it. it's a grid. Um, about five columns wide and about ten rows tall. Mm-hmm. And each uh, square on that grid can have a diagonal line either going from one corner to the opposite corner. So, like, top left to bottom right. Or, you know, bottom left to top right. Or it'll have, a, like, a V even either, you know, where the bottom left goes halfway up and comes back down to the bottom right. Or the opposite, where it's top left to top right. If that makes sense. And you are... Uh, you have two little grayed out squares that you're going to flip those vertically, fit two two squares vertically to move those pieces around. And your goal is to have a line go from one side of the screen all the way to the other. As soon as that is complete, it clears all of those uh, blocks. And you're just trying to clear enough blocks to get to a certain point on that level to pass the level. Yeah. Later on in the game... Um, there are things like bombs, and uh, if you clear, if you do it in a way where there's multiple paths that clear all at the same time, you get more points. Um, but it's very much like a Tetris style. It's really addictive. It's got bizarre uh, callouts. I don't know if you can hear the background. This person going, okay! <laughs> um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's one of those things that at first you're playing it, you're just kind of like, oh, this is all it is? Huh, okay. And then yeah, as you keep playing it, you're just sucked into it, and you, you can play for a long time. Yeah, when I first got my Wonder Swan, I played this for a couple hours. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it very much. It took me a while to figure out what was going on. There's no instructions, really. Well, they are. They're in Japanese. Yeah, they're in Japanese, which we should mention all these games, since it was only in Japan, all of these games... We're in J- Japanese, but not all of them. S- some of them have English, like I mean, the word "score" and "game over" is in English. But if there are any kind of explanations or you know deep, deep you know transmissions in the game, it's in it's typically in Japanese. Now, I went diving for a lot of ROMs. I found a lot of uh, not a lot, maybe about five or six English translation of a lot of games. Gotcha. Like, there's a Final Fantasy for it that you, use, you yes. could, that's a translated into English. Now, what's cool about this game is I physically, and I'm holding it right here, have the physical copy of this game. Yeah. Um, and the boxes that these things come in is worth talking about because they are teeny tiny. What are they? Mm-hmm. Three inches by four inches by a half inch deep. Yeah, almost like a little bit bigger than a deck of cards. Um, and it comes with a little 
little blister on a piece of plastic to hold the cartridge. Yeah. And each cartridge comes with actually a really rather thick, chunky card cartridge protector yeah. case you can pull out. And then they come with, like they don't any longer, just a nice little manual. Um, so that explains the game there, again, in Japanese. Yeah. Uh, but this is Gunpei now. They also released a game a few years later called Gunpei EX. Yeah. Which is the same gameplay, but it's in color. And they kind of changed, the, they freshened up the look of the game. But the gameplay is the same. And then there's even, and I'm, I can't think of the name of it right now. There's even even another one. Uh, I'm going to type it in right here to see if I can figure it out. That has panda bears in it. It's called Tari Panda No Gunpei. <laughs> now, this one is also in black and white. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'll pull it up on the screen for you, Eric, here. But for some reason now, the lines are made of bamboo, and there's, like, a picture of a panda in the corner, like, looking at you, watching you play. I don't know why they had to have a separate version of this. I don't know if this is a tie-in somehow. But it is the same game, Gunpei, with pandas all over it. All right. I'll take it. That's <laughs> so fine with me. three different options of which Gunpei you want to play. Yeah. But it is a great game. It is. It is one of the six good games, in my opinion. Oh, and here's a picture of the uh, the box. I actually kind of want to get the physical of this one just because the uh, the box looks so, you know, cutesy Japanese. Yeah. But there's the box with the panda eyes on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, and I think, actually, I think did this one actually come with... Oh, this one actually came with a... It's a themed Wonder Swan. A themed Wonder Swan with pandas all over it. Yeah. Kind of want it, Eric. Kind of <laughs> want it. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I like that. There you go. All right. Game number two. Let me look at my list here, see which one we're going to pick. Because um, I'm going to do these out of order. I'm going to save the best Don't do for that last. To me. I'm going to pick Kaze no Klo- Klonoa Moonlight Museum. Pulling it up. <clears throat> so, this game uh, is one of the first ones I started playing, and it kind of stuck with me. So, I've played through maybe the first three levels, I think, of it. But this is a platformer, and basically it is a light puzzle element platformer, meaning that the goal on the levels is to find the key, and the key will unlock a door that takes you to the next level. But in there is light puzzling where you need to go from platform to platform to kill an enemy or do whatever to reveal the key for that level. And the keys have different symbols on them, like squares, X's, triangles, stuff like that. But the, the kind of um, gimmick in this game is that you have this tool that almost looks like a yo-yo. It's like, I think it's called a ring in the, in the instructions. And they throw it out and you capture these guys. And they kind of inflate almost a little bit. But you can throw the guy to kill a guy. You know, throw the guy, like, use him as a projectile. But it allows you to double jump while you're holding him, Yeah, you kind of throw it down yeah. to get that second jump. Yep, and when you do that, when you double jump, you can get to ledges that um, that you couldn't do before. And that's really the gist of the light puzzle part, is how am I going to get to this part of the screen to get the keys? Yep. And then in this game, you are... Um, you basically clearing levels and then there are bosses in this game that you have to fight and when you beat those bosses then you get points and stuff like that around the levels you can collect these little diamonds kind of like exactly what you're talking about about european uh, platformers you collect diamonds and um it this game even though it's in black and white this isn't a wonder swan color game 
this it looks so good i mean the sprites and graphics in this game are really really cool oh and another thing is when you jump if you hold the button down it kind of has that floating element to it yeah it feels it's actually very kirby-ish yeah the it, whole game is kind of kirby yeah you know what now that you, i never thought about that but now that you mention it it is kind of kirby-ish you're right and then these little like cutscenes come up there in japanese of course but you can kind of figure out what they're talking about but you're trying to get in through these doors that are only unlocked by specific keys. Um, so obviously this is a uh, reimagining, not even a reimagining, but this is the same property as Klonoa on the PlayStation, which is an uh, hum- immensely popular game. But they've changed enough gameplay that I feel like it's, comp- even though it's still a platformer, it's a very different game. Right. But it still has the same character, which is like, the, it almost looks like a, a serious Animaniac like, <laughs> right. <laughs> not quite as wacky. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've played some of it. I played some of this as well. Um, if you weren't going to pick it, I was going to pick it. <laughs> and uh, you, you, around there, you find power-ups like hearts. Um, you're looking for diamonds. Um, you know, I mean, it is just a... It's a, a platformer where you're hunting yeah. for keys to get out of the level, but... I love a good platformer, though. This thing is... is You know, and I'm not the biggest fan of puzzle games, but when it's combined with light light puzzle elements in a platformer i dig it and this game i i I still go back to again and again it's one of the highlights of the wonder swan nice yeah and not to mention the music is actually really catchy it's very it's very um simple and distant it's almost haunting yep in a way it's kind of weird exactly uh my next game is i believe the only color game that i'm going to have on my list oh and i bet you until i type this in you probably haven't even thought to play this one it's called Wonder Classic. Never heard of it until you just said it. What does that? What kind of game does that sound like to you, Eric? Wonder. Wonder Classic. How boring does that sound, first of all? It does, yeah. It sounds very boring. I'll give you a hint. I know you're going to love it, because you and I love all these types of games. Okay. I don't know. Show Golf. me. Golf! Oh, wow! So this is, a again, Tate Vertical. Tate Vertical. Bright color uh, golf game on your Wonder Swan. Um, Man, the graphics look amazing on it. Yeah, the, those, there's some photos and stuff here which look really good. Yeah, but uh, yeah. The menus still... are in Japanese, so you kind of have to do trial and error to figure out what they are, but you'll learn them pretty quick. There's characters to unlock. You start with a boy or a girl, but there's a total of like 12 different characters you can unlock. Okay. Um, this would be great for, like you were saying, hanging out, waiting for your daughter to play uh, sports or whatever. Yeah. Um, it feels to me a lot like. In fact, I think I like it better than Neo Turf Masters on the Game Gear or on the, uh, on the Neo Geo Pocket. Neo Geo Pocket, okay. Uh, it has a lot of personality. It is. Uh, it is a bit slow as far as how fast the ball travels and stuff. Yeah, but that could probably be sped up to kind of add impact. Yeah, but if you're just looking for like a bright, colorful, easy to play um, golf game with unlockables on a handheld. I mean, this thing's legit. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, I was playing my CD32 today, and I was playing um, uh, Sensible Golf. Uh-huh. You know, like Sensible Soccer, but Sensible I Golf. I played that recently to try it as well. And it looks kind of like this, because the, the, on the, on the, when you get to the green or you get to the, the putting area, yeah. it has these little arrows on it. So, so does Sensible Golf. Interesting. Did you find Sensible Golf to be really fast? Like, hard to play really fast? No. I think I was I was playing it on well we'll talk about it later I was playing it essentially emulation okay and I think uh, it was turned up too fast yeah the it, it was really hard to play gotcha yes yep okay 
but I think I just realized in my head why that is now. So, yeah. But this, I mean, I highly recommend this. This probably is my, realistically, how much time I'm going to suck sink into a game. This will probably be right up there, if not probably the, probably the highest, just because golf is a longer I game didn't even with know lots this. of unlockables. I didn't even know this was on there, so I'm because de- I I love golf games when I'm just chilling out, like waiting for the kids, like we were saying, and yeah. we finish sports practice. Golf games are my jam. Like I was playing Neo Geo Turf the other day and just loving it, like loving yeah. life. <laughs> well, especially with like this, like Neo Turf Masters, I do love, but having a game where you unlock yeah. things gives me a goal. Yeah, and it'll take me from playing one round of Neo Turf Masters to being like sucked into a game like this for weeks. Yeah. So, uh, did you find that you can save in that game? Like, so that if you came back to it a few days later, even if you switched the ROM cartridge, I never tried that. I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. I, I got to find that. I f- I found some ROMs that even on the uh, our Flashmaster. Yep. Thing. They actually, some of them will actually save. But if you switch yeah, the ROM, should. if you switch the ROM, it, all that's lost. Oh, really? So if you just keep that one ROM, even if you close down, power off, power back on, keep that one ROM going, you can play it forever and it will save. It's some some games. So okay. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I did find a little issue. I played, um, excuse me, one that I'm, we're not going to talk about here, but it's essentially got, got, uh, Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. And for whatever reason, my character sprite was invisible. Well, that's weird. Yeah. So it's a little glitch. A little glitchy. A little glitchy. Eric, what's your next one here? My next one is... I'm saving the best one for last. Okay. This one's the next one. I'm playing Rockman e- okay. EXE Wonderswan, which is really Mega Man Battle Network Wonderswan. I think yes. that's what it's called, right? Um, as you know... I've yet to dive really deep into Mega Man You're games broken. like on Nintendo. You're yeah, ha- well, I'm going to get to it. Just haven't is never crossed my path, so I'm going to get into it. But this one is a Mega Man game, but it is a lot different than a Mega Man because I've played yep. Mega Man games. But this is a Battle Network game, so. You basically are the Mega Man, and you're it's a platformer where you're going and trying to do something. And is it a platformer? It is. Yeah, you know, it's a, like a yeah, it's a left to right you this is not the right one this is not, this is n1 battle oh okay i played rockman exe I, ws it's just mega man battle network so look that one this isn't it though all right rockman sorry sorry listeners i was <laughs> yeah, all exactly oh sorry about that i thought all battle network network games like were like that nope so that one's the one to the fan translation one yeah this is the one I played. Yeah, because you start out with a pet device, which is which I thought was cool because the Commodore pet. But it, it basically is your little mini computer. And this one's a platformer. Yes, um, this is Mega Man. Okay, this looks great. Yeah. And it looks great. And it plays great. But I want to tell you the research I found, though. So okay. I'm playing this game, and I'm enjoying it. Okay, so you're Mega Man, and it is a platform. You're going around. And instead of you beat a boss and you steal his weapon like in Mega Man, this one you get battle chips. And the way it's designed is very cool. And, and the next game I'm talking about de- employs the same strategy. Mm-hmm. When you're holding the Wonder Swan, yeah. this, these become that little icon in the top left. That's cool. Okay. So when you kill an enemy on the screen, uh, b- see how there's a bunch of enemies, some of them will drop battle chips. I see that. You go to the battle chip like that, and it goes up into your inventory, which is the top buttons on the Wonder Swan, the Y buttons. Yes. The battle chips stack. 
So let's say that you find the 20 plus 20 health. Uh-huh. You keep collecting those and they stack. So if you want 40 health points, you hit it twice. Okay. So they stack in there, which I found really cool. I didn't know that until just a couple days ago. I was playing the game going, man, I don't know what's going on. You can stack battle chips. But basically, you go through a level and then you fight a boss. Meanwhile, you can organize your... Um, Inventory, Your inventory and battle chips to actually, you know, sort it the way you want to. Because you can collect stuff and then assign them to certain buttons. Now, the downside is, though, that when you're playing this game, you have to... Like, let's say you get a sword and you put as a battle chip. You have to hit that button. So you're over there, like, using this button to do certain things, and then you got to reach over Jump there. Jump up there real quick, take your finger off of the movement, and then, yeah. Move off of the movement, and then hit that button. That's one of the downsides to this game. Now, so other than that, it's kind of like a Mega Man game. You have a health bar, you get health power-ups in, in the form of battle chips, you get extra weapons, powerful cannons, and this and that. So I go online, and I'm reading reviews on this game, and they're all real middle of the line, 60, 70 out of 100, really? right? okay. It doesn't, it doesn't look like it feels like a Mega Man game. And I'm so that's bingo. That's exactly what I found. So almost everyone I read was like, "This isn't a. This is this isn't like a Mega Man game. This is too slow to be a Mega Man game." I agree with it, but for me, who has no experience, a lot of experience with Mega Man games, yeah, it's a more kind of tactical Mega Man. You have to select which which weapon's going to be best for the situation. Yep. You, you pl- play it on the fly by deploying the battle chips. And if you just accept that and take it for what it is, a slower, more thought thought Mega Man, yeah. you know, thought, thought use Mega Man, then I think it's a great game. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I, I had a blast cool. playing this. So I played it for about a week and off and on. And I, I thought it was a blast. And I got through about three different bosses. And I'll probably come back to it and keep trying to play through it. Awesome. It I looks good. I'm gonna, I'm probably going to give that a shot as well. Okay. And um, remember, there are multiple Rockman games. Yeah, so there's, there's another one on there, which is... I'll give an honorable mention right now, but it's called... Um, I'm it's trying to find N1? it here. N1? Well, That's the one you had, was N1. No, this is Mega Man and Bath. Oh, okay. Two. Yeah. And it is black and white, but it's black and white. And this one is more like a traditional... I believe more like a traditional Mega Man. Um... Where you Anyways. beat bosses and get their weapons and stuff? Yeah. Okay. And it has that feel. So that looks, But that's black and white. This one looks cooler. Awesome. Um, here's my last one, and this one is hilarious. And one of the reasons I picked this is not that it's... I mean, it's a good game. I yeah. think it's a good game. But it is a very Japanese game for a very Japanese system. And this game is called Ingacho. Ingacho. Like, I, with like, an exclamation point. President Camacho. And gotcha! Did you ever see the movie Idiocracy? No, I haven't. Oh, not. man. The president's name is Camacho! <laughs> well, so I, don't, I have no idea if we just said something terrible in Japanese. No, so I have no for idea. our Japanese listeners, I don't know what I'm saying, so I'm yelling that into the mic, but. I don't know what Ingacho uh, means. Uh, this game, so up front, I'll just say it is a. It's almost like a tactical. It's almost like a board game. It's like chess or checkers to a point. Okay. But. In whatever, for whatever reason, they decided that the pawns on the board mm-hmm. will be disgusting, um, very blue humor. Ooh. That, um, 
Well, I'll just show you a little bit here as you watch the intro. Yeah. I don't know what the... I mean, it's super Japanese. Yeah, these guys are very uh, weird-looking. Yeah, like <laughs> Japanese comedy, right? Yeah. This guy is running from these monsters. And uh, I'm probably just going to have to pause it right here. Because you've got armpit man, yeah. like armpit dude here. This guy here is a big giant nose with boogers that like blow snot, snot everywhere. Out of it, yeah. This is like a tongue that's just salivating constantly. Yeah, you, yeah. And that she's walking around with two legs, big old tongue. And this is just a flying butt. Flying butt. That it's a flying butt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And and then there's a sack, which I don't know where that comes into play. Yeah. Um, so super bizarre. Uh, what's cool about this game? It is a puzzle, like I said, kind of like a chess game. So there's multiple plays to uh, ways to play. There's like puzzles. Um, there are. Mat like chess matches where you play against another character. Yeah, um, and you kind of have to see it to really understand it. Um, but basically, the different monsters react to the way you move on this grid. Mm -hmm. And the grid's not always a square grid. Like in this one right here, you can see there's places you can go up, down. But sometimes you don't want you can't go off the edge because there's no other squares next to you. Right. Um, so you are essentially moving around, and the monsters react to your movement. So, like, maybe one monster will move the exact... Like, if you go up, they'll go up. If you go left, they'll go left. Where a monster like this one here decides to take a different tact. And, and if you go forward, they'll go right. So they'll go one clockwise of whatever you go. So you got to learn what moves yours translates to what moves he's going to do, and they're all different. Yep. Okay. And uh, your goal in, in this particular mode is just to get to the, uh, the flashing square there. Yeah. Um, and then, again, like I said, uh, there's no pictures of it here. There's armpit guy with his big old armpit hair. Uh, on other versions of the video, you'll be able to see it better. But um, there's versions where it's a big, basically, a chessboard. It's all filled in. Okay. And you're on one side of the board, and your opponent's on the other side. And all these monsters are kind of thrown about in the middle. Okay. And all you're trying to do is get those monsters to hit the other player without you getting hit. Hmm. It's... Ingacho. Ingacho. The only way it's, you could describe it, it's Ingacho. It's Ingacho. It's it's gross, it's bizarre, it's Japanese, and it's um, kind of a, a chess game where you could take your time and really think about it, but it's also super goofy and fun. I like it. So, apparently they also made a PlayStation version of it. Really? Uh, which is really surprising. I really want to try that now. Here oh, you there can it see is. here. It's the same game, but um, the the view is now isometric. Of course, it's also in color. It's definitely it's definitely brighter and in color. And the best part of uh, not only the PlayStation One game but also the uh, the Wonderswan one is when you die. These really gross animations of you being killed by that particular monster. Yeah. Um, here's the flying butt monster, for example. Yeah, I see him. And when he turns the other way, or yeah. she. It's, I don't know if that's a tail or... Or a dingling. I don't... Jeez. <laughs> I wasn't going... Look at that. Oh, don't that was gross. Don't explain what that was. Just... Okay. A guy uh, got attacked and taken out by the butt monster. We'll put yeah. it that way. What, <laughs> weapon so would a, what weapon would a butt monster use? Uh, audience, Ch use your imagination. Charm? <laughs> Not charm. <laughs> All right, so there's Gacho for the Wondrous One, one right. of my six good games, Eric. Yep, that was your final game. So my final game, so you know how your Wonder Classic was the game that I was like, okay, I'm going to go play that. I want to play that. This is the game that you should go play. I, I loved this game. I have I not played, played it. it yet, but I'm familiar, it's I'm the, familiar go to with the it. Yeah, or the first one, that's fine. It's Dicing Night, period. Um, 
I don't like on the box. It's dicing night with an actual period. Okay, but, but when you see it written out, it's dicing night period. The word out. period, yeah. This game surprised me because I was like, okay, let's t- take a look at this game and see see what it's all about. It is a roguelike where you're a little character, kind of like Zelda, or you know, Link. I mean, but yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Zelda games. You have a sword, which you hit with the A button, and then you have a shield, which you use the B button. And you go around, you beat the crap out of people in this dungeon, okay? Um, I do enjoy beating the crap out of people. Yep, but when, after you beat them, you see that little dice pop out of them. And those dice aren't just random things that pop out. They are the percentage of things that happen in the game. And there will be power-ups that you can grab that do, like, there's one called Dice 4C. And you can see what dice are going to be rolled next so that you can change your moves to match what percentage chance of what you're going to do next, if that makes any sense. It doesn't, but okay. I'm intrigued. So you see all the dice pop out? Basically, when you hit him, it that the the dice are like these are the hit points that he lost. Uh, you don't okay. know what they are, but you can tell there'll be spells that you can cast that will show you the upcoming dice rolls. Okay, and this is another game that when you get a power up, when you kill something and you go to get a power up, it matches to the top buttons again. You see how that's arranged yep. like that? I love that. That's cool. So when you hover over a power up, you hit which button you want it to assign to. Now these don't stack, but you can ar- arrange your um, inventory any way you want. So like you, if you see like a power up for um, a health potion, which is blue, you just hit the button you want it to assign to as you're hovering over it, and it'll assign it to that button. So you go around and you see that thing that says max. When you're going around, you're hitting things, you're getting experience points, and when you max that out, if you hit both of these buttons, the sword and shield button, you do a power move, and that power move is usually like a spinning fireball or something like that. I think it changes throughout the game. And it it can help you because as you're going through the levels, you'll you'll come across these guys that... Um, or much more powerful, you know, and you 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 want to save up those those um, super moves for when you match those guys. The 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 goal of the game though is to f- go around and you find like a key. It's like looks like a little hand with a a blue ball with a little hand on it. Okay, I saw that. When you that. find that, you then can find the exit and go to the next level. Now, if you die uh, on this. Um, the game starts over again and you go back and if you go to where you died in the maze, because you get put back in the same maze that you died, all your stuff that you're carrying is still there. It, like it's dumped onto the floor. Okay. So you can go grab that stuff again and then continue trying to find wow. it. Wow. That's very Dark Souls, but like way before Dark Souls. Yep. Now this is um, one of those games where it, if you keep that ROM loaded on your flash cart, mm-hmm. and I assume the real cartridge did this, it will save your stats and everything. It will continue where you left off. So, like, if you keep dying, you can just continue where you left off and just keep trying to get further and further Very in the cool. game. Um, some of the power-ups are cool. One of them is a mechanical arm, which will crash through a wall. Um, so you can crash through the wall to get to other parts. Um, if you hit the start button, it shows a map. So you can see the whole map of the level and the parts that you've explored so far and the parts that you haven't. So you can there's a power up to crash through walls, there's a power up to uh that gives you invincibility. That dice power up you just saw is called dice 4C. When you do that it shows you all the dice rolls that are coming up so that you know if there's They're a there. bunch of 
Yep, there they are. So those are all the dice rolls that are going to come up. So if there are a bunch of low numbers and you're pounding on somebody, you're not going to get as many hits on them. Do you know what I mean? Okay. But if you have a bunch of sixes and fives, you're going to get a lot of like uh, higher end hits on them. If that okay. makes sense. Um, I I still don't understand everything about the game. It sounds it, like it's pretty in depth, actually. Yeah, and you can, as you can see, a lot of the stuff's in English. So I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an English translation of this game too, a ROM that is, has English translations. I think that's what he's playing right here. Um, I, I do every time I pick this up, I play this game, and I, I, I I'll end up playing it for about an hour and loving it. I'll have to give it a shot. I know. So there was two games right, like kind of way towards the end of the life of this system that yep. came out, and that is Judgment Silver Sword and this game. Yep. And if I remember, they are like by far the largest games and they use different technologies that the other games didn't i'm not going to pretend i know the details but so these are two the two technical tour de forces on the yep on the system and you're right and a little further in your story judgment silver sword and this game were both games entered in this competition that's correct yes yeah and they and i think they both won awards in that competition they were like in the top of their stack they're also like the two best games on the system that's right and it's a development system called wonder witch that's right so there's actually a device that's right released for the wonder swan yep a little development thing that people could buy yeah and the best games made for the system were made on that on the wonder on that witch. consumer device yep it's crazy but these two run on the wonder swan and they happen to be in my opinion now that i've played this one these are the two best games on the system yeah i think i had such a blast in this game and there are bosses and stuff so you'll you'll encounter on each level like certain other types of enemies and bosses that get much harder uh, yeah, i'm gonna have to dig into this yeah this one is a fantastic game did so. you learn it by reading something online about how to play it because i was reading like- i was reading about what games i want to play what games are best on the system and yeah. i came across this and it said hey this was in a competition with judgment silver sword yep. so i was like oh man that has to be pretty good so <laughs> i tried it and i i'm loving it it's a great roguelike and that's yep. six good games that's six good games six good the games Uh, and Eric, yeah. as we like to say, that is the end of episode 64 of Pixel Guide N. Ooh, 64. Yep. Nice. Well, yeah. Commodore 64. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? What? Uh, RetroRewind.ca, <laughs> yeah. where you can buy all kinds of goodies for your Commodore 64, and you should. Yeah. Um, don't forget, Eric, you can always get 10% off by using promo code PG10. <laughs> We've been saying that a lot. <laughs> uh, we're doing it. We're, we're, good, we're getting good at this, all right? We got yeah. practice makes perfect here. Exactly. Um, so until next episode, Eric, um, you guys hang in there, play some games. Yeah. And in two weeks, we'll be back with uh, our boy Tim from the UK. Yeah. We have a game show lined up. Mm-hmm. We have more beers lined up. We have catching up up and uh, a couple more qu- quick questions and uh let's just say it and some more great advertisements <laughs> <laughs> we're the best we're the best salespeople. all, all right. right cool appreciate you eric hey yep remember it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone, alone. <laughs> thank you again for listening you can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1-1-4-9. 
You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guide in. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.